man, Steve. Good morning, bud. How you doing? Dude, I'm I'm good. You know what? Just pulled my pulled my old uh, nightcap off, rolled out of bed, tossed on some slippies, uh, still in my jam jams, and ready to talk video games, presumably. You do sound different, fresh out the hay. You sound different. I don't know what it, I don't know if it's because I'm sawing wood all night or what it is, but yeah, wake up. I've got a real, real timber to to my voice that no that doubt. fades into nasally nerd as the evenings uh, approach. But in the morning, yeah, it's real gravelly. You serenading that lady of yours before lunch every day? I bet she's into mm-hmm. that. Yep, hit her every morning with the old mornings here, the mornings here. <laughs> works every time ah well it's good to see you bright and early my dude we usually record very late on a sunday uh too late even i always always go to sleep a little too late on a sunday hanging out with my guy steve but today boy we're you know we're we're interrupting church we're in middle church (laughs) hope god's not looking (laughs) (laughs) don't look over here god we're over here poly killing it that's so true Man, well, it's good to see you, everybody. You, everybody else that's here. No, I don't know why I said it like that. It's just me and you. But uh, I'm pretending as though there's a mouse in my pocket. Uh, this is Polykill <laughs> Podcast. You know, uh, Steve and I, we, we often uh, talk about the games that we're playing, the games that we're beating. We have a little fun along the way. A little discussion comes at the end. Boy, today, you know, we're you know it's after Valentine's Day. I hope you had a good one. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? I had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Yeah, you know what? Wonderful. We went, we got a little pasta. Yeah. Uh, a little, little, little Valentine's Day pizza, Ooh. and enjoyed a very decadent Valentine's Day tart. Get this, chocolate with strawberries in it. They shaped it like a heart. That's, Aww, that's just ain't... that's just clever. All right, that is clever. Was your pizza shaped like a heart at all? No. Just round. I sh- if I was really romantic, uh, so I was the only one having pizza. If I was really romantic, I would have I would have chewed it into the shape of a heart, like a, like a rat. <laughs> but. Um, you know what well, you know, they fact. say after all this time, you know, the love kind of fades. So I guess that's that's for a younger Steve to do. Right, right. Fun fact: my um, my daughter and my mother in law got together and made a heart shaped pizza for for my wife and I to to enjoy. So I did enjoy a, a heart shaped pizza, N- a homemade heart shaped pizza. Now I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take her out of the knees here because I know your daughter tried pretty hard, but. Yeah. A lot of these pizza establishments will just sell you a heart-shaped pizza. Are you sure they built it themselves? It uh, tasted like ass. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, a, that, pretty positive that came that was homemade. Pretty positive it was homemade. Either that or Papa John's, but yeah. <laughs> and it was, I will say, mostly shaped like a heart. Oh. I mean, I could, I could see, I could see what they were going for, mm. but it worked out. It worked out. I mean, nice. it looked like a four-year-old was involved, and it tasted like a four-year-old was involved. But you know what? I enjoyed it. I, you know, I smattered it, smattered it in hot sauce. You know, we were all right. We got through it. Lovely. Heck yeah. That sounds. I was just gonna say it sounds lovely. It sounds. It sounds pretty good. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Nice. I'm not much. I don't complain often. But yeah, that was uh, that. You know, good Valentine's Day. So we bring that up because you know. We got to be talking about those five best couples in games. Mm-hmm. We got to bring it up. Love's in That's the air. And, you know, in classic polykill fashion, we're a solid week after the holiday's done. Mm-hmm. People aren't thinking about it anymore. So we're saying, all right, time to talk about it. Hey, man, we're on that two week schedule. If we'd done it before, it would have felt a little too far in advance. Yeah. 
You got you get it when you get it, all right? <laughs> you get it when you get it. We yeah. <laughs> you know, we just uh, the holidays are just kind of a range here at uh, Polykill headquarters. We just kind of do whatever. But you know what's interesting, Steve, and uh, something that you and I I don't know why we waited 3 years to uh, to do this. We you know, we always try to come up with a good topic of discussion. We try to be relevant, you know. But we also don't want to like retread. We don't want to do anything we've done before, or done too recently, you know. It might be okay to revisit one of the early ones someday, but Right now, you know, there's there's enough top fives to go around, and we were concerned that we might have already done that before. We're like, did we do couples? Yeah. Have we done a couple thing? Feels like it. Yeah. Turns out we I went through, did a list. I broke down a list of all of the episodes we've done and tried to track back and figure out what was the discussion? What was our top five? Uh, finally put that together. What, 63 okay. episodes in? And ter- it turns out, no, we had, we, had not, we had not done that <laughs> or anything close to it. No, it's we're we're looking good. Now I got to I got to just explain the details of this here. You say, you know, we we decided to put this list together, you know, we wanted to have this put put out there for our for our use. In reality, as often happens, you said, "You know what? We really ought to do this at some point." And I said, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea at some point." And then <laughs> 20 minutes later, you produce the list because you're like, oh, hell yeah, an opportunity not to work during working hours? Let's go, mm-hmm. buddy. And so all the credit goes to you. Uh, this is not the first or I imagine the last time that you've produced something like this uh, <laughs> at, the, at the drop of a hat mid-workday. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I it was kind of fun to go back through and, and recall what we had done at, at any given point with the regard to a top five discussion. Uh, what I am less forgiving about for myself is not putting it, like spelling it out in the show notes. Oh, just being like Travis Steve are back again talking about video games. Does Steve have a boo boo on his knee? Does Trav get a new hat? Find out that and more. And I'm like, what was the top five? <laughs> now I gotta listen to the last bit. <laughs> so that true. was annoying. So from now on, the top five going into the show notes and into the chapter marks. So uh, we we won't have that problem ever again. Mm. Now, Steve, a lot of folks out there, they are champing at their bits for another collection showcase. They're like, give me, give me more videos of your face and you just rifling through decks of plastic carts and cases and whatnot. And we're like, hey, listen, folks, we got we got this. But Steve. You know, he's he's adding to a completely different collection later this spring. You know, yeah. he's adding to the adding to the family tree a little bit. Uh, we don't want to plan anything because who knows what could happen. So expect the next non-podcast related event for us to happen well into the spring or early summer. Yeah, we're punting pretty hard. We're we're punting so hard. Just oh, such a hard good good long punt. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a record setter right there. It's something that we're proud mm. of. But yeah, well, it'll be back. We'll we'll be doing that collection showcase at some point. We just we don't know exactly when. In fact, we don't even know exactly when. At some point, for an episode or two, I'm just going to disappear. I'm just going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. are going to be like, what, uh, who is, what is happening right now? I'm confused. So, you know what? Uh, stay tuned for that. You're going to get a little break from me. That must, that must be quite nice. You know, they say, uh, a change is as good as a rest. So hopefully it reinvigorates everybody on the, uh, on the old podcast. Yeah. And we'll be fine. Of course, I will, uh, record all of those solo and then just dub your voice in. I'll be like, so Steve, <laughs> how you doing? And then I'll do my Steve voice, which is suddenly now. 
Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, woke up this morning and uh, put on my bandana and got a couple coffees down. And uh, I'm like, dang, Steve, you sound like you just woke up again. <laughs> yeah, I've been been awake for about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> there, you, there, there you go, man. That It works perfectly. You know what? I'll record about 10 sound bites for you, and you can just shape the conversation <laughs> in a way that always leads into one of them. So you, you something, 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 and then I'm just like, Wow, now that is some impressive gaming. <laughs> that reminds me of Trevor McFur, one of the greatest titles to ever grace bit <laughs> bit era graphics. It's, hey, yeah, we'll make it through. We'll, we'll make it work. I got I got plans. It'll be fine. Probably kill. You know, if there's anything that's steady in life, it's as they say, death taxes, and then also polykill. It's know, true. It's, it'll it'll come out. Don't worry about it. But speaking of things that are coming out, we got coming soon, you know, February 21st through March 6th, the next couple of weeks here. Uh, I would say, you know, I was looking at the old list. Boy, if you own a PlayStation VR 2, you are having yourself a February. I mean, hot, hot dang, you are. I, you both are and you aren't. So on one hand, I mean, you just got a shiny new system. Good news for you. It's time to play some video games. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, a lot of those games had already existed on the original PlayStation VR, so you might be a little bit like, where's all my new boys? Where's where's right. the new ones? But there are a couple new games coming to the PlayStation VR 2. Uh, the two that are most exciting to me. One, kind of the flagship title, the one that uh, they're packaging with the system, and I can think it was the, the kind of the main one that they've shown off to demonstrate the the leap in tech is Horizon Call of the Mountain. And I've never played me a Horizon game, all right? I'm not a big video game fan, but I've heard from <laughs> other people that Horizon is quite good. And uh, yeah, this one seems pretty dang fun. I mean, it seems like a little bit more scaled down experience, as you'd probably expect for a VR title. But uh, it, it seems to be a perfectly fine showpiece for uh, what the new system can do, which is intriguing to me. Uh, but the big, yeah. the bigger one, the more exciting one, buddy, new Fantavision, Fantavision VR, Fantavision, the PS2 launch game, getting the damn VR sequel. Pray, Wowee. praise him, man. We live in, we live in the best of times. Now that's genius for anyone that's never played Fantavision. First of all, what the hell is wrong with you? Second of all, it's a, it's a fireworks <laughs> game. It's a, it's just it's a game that they invented just to show off that the PS2 could do particle effects. They're like, look at these particle uh, effects, man. Look at these fireworks just popping up every which way. And now they're making a sequel just to be like, look at these damn particle effects in VR, man. You can look behind you and there's mm, particle effects. I'm so excited. Back there, too? What? Mm-hmm. They're back there? Yeah. I uh, Incredible. I'm, I'm quite pumped. I'm actually, you know, for a while... I was like, I can't get that VR two. I can't get that VR two. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the hype quite a bit. And you know, we may or may not pop on a on a VR two headset. We we might need to do it. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, have your fun, play your VRs. You know, Fanta Vision. What's funny? I went out to eat with a fellow yesterday, and uh, he ordered a Fanta, which I've never seen anybody do in a restaurant. They had it, which I had never knew that restaurants had. <laughs> and they bring my guy out of Fanta, and then he oh. gets like four refills. And I'm like, I bet he had Fanta Vision after that. I bet he had a hard time driving home. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I respect it. Ordering Fanta off the secret menu is a it's a power move. It's it's a champion's play. 
And what what blew me away was the waitress was like, now we only have orange Fanta. Is that okay? And he was like, that's the only kind I like. Wow, well, this couldn't have gone any better for anybody. Well, I can't imagine only liking one kind of Fanta. It seems like if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Yeah, want a Fanta, don't you wanna? I think oh, is how it goes. That's a classic. You should like them all. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. no kidding. Well, uh, I'm going to pop in here with one thing that I guess I'm a little bit excited for. I like the marriage of these two things, and that's Dead Cells, which is combining itself with a bit of Castlevania. For Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, it's coming on March 6th to your PS4, your Xbox One, your Switches, and your PCs. Yeah. Now, I didn't I didn't finish Dead Cells, but it was one of those things where like, I played it a little bit, and then I got completely distracted by something else, and... I felt like it, like I didn't want to ever go back because I was like, man, I had all that momentum and it's all gone. It would be like starting a game over, even though that's all you do in the game is start over. Yeah. I just felt like I was too far removed from my from my momentum, my mojo. Yeah. But this might get my mojo back. You put a little you put a little Castlevania flavor in there. That's like that's like a whole new Fanta. Dude, I couldn't agree more. The exact same thing happened to me. I got I was playing through Dead Cells. I got uh, you know, maybe like 20 hours in, I never, never completed a run, but I was getting deep. I was getting towards, mm-hmm. you could tell I was getting towards the final boss. And then same thing, just, just up and started playing some other video game, like a jabroni. And, uh, <laughs> I just, just never went back, but this, this could pull me back in too. And I think in between probably when you and I both played and this DLC, I think there's also been like eight other DLC packs that just didn't have castlevania tied to them so no one really paid attention so yeah i'm pretty sure it'll probably feel like a pretty fresh experience and be a I lot of new it. stuff to discover um and so and so that that relearning process might be pretty fun so yeah we'll see i may have to pop this one back in yeah i certainly will be what else uh, well, you know what else for you though what else is tickling you in your tickle spot Oh, buddy. I am tickled pink. It's a good, it's a good time for releases. I'm telling you. Uh, we got like a dragon Ishin coming in. So this is the, I think now, as always, I refuse to do research before I hop on the mic. All right. I fire from the hip. And if I'm spreading lies, I'm spreading lies. But hey, man, that's what this podcast was founded upon misinformation and just pretending to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And look how far it's gotten us. That's true. It's true. Uh, I believe that this is a sort of offshoot Yakuza game, uh, not one of the numbered series, obviously, that has already been out in the past in Japan and is now finally getting localized. So it's Yakuza, but it's set far into the past. I don't know if it's like feudal Japan. I don't know the exact era that it's in, but it It is is, the Edo period, 1860s. Yeah, the 1860s, the Edo period. So well, well, well before the timeline of the entire rest of the Yakuza series. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think still that same Yakuza formula. And at this point, I'm not going to say no to to a Like a Dragon game. It's just good stuff. So I can't, I don't have the time for it right now. But at some point, I will absolutely be picking it up. And when I do, I'll have the choice of picking it up on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X or S. PS4, Xbox One, PC, any of those. And it came out on yeah. February 21st, or is coming out on February 21st. Wow, that's the same day this podcast comes out. What a great coincidence. I think they probably timed it that way. Not too sure, though. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? The more exciting release, I think for all of us, one that I do have pre-ordered and will be playing, Clive and Wrench coming out February 24th. Hot damn. Uh, 
So, you know I love me a 3D platformer. You know I love me. I was going to say, I was going to say Cliven Wrench sounds like a Wish.com Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I think it's actually a Wish.com Ratchet and Clank, but... Well, yeah, that, yeah there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't go there. You know, I left that open for you. That yeah. was my gift to you. I appreciate that. You're very kind. Uh, so I've, I've followed the development of this one on Twitter a bit. The, like, I, I assume that there's more than one person working on it, but sort of the lead developer, the primary creative vision has been posting screenshots and updates and, you know, news and uh, all sorts of stuff for a long time. And as a fan of all the 3D platforming I can get, love me to play as a good cartoon mascot, uh, quite excited. And so, That one is coming out on PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC, like I said, on February 24th. And I cannot wait. Mm, It's going to be cozy. Yeah, you know, I like the the art style. That does look nice. Huh. Yeah, check check it out. All right. Well, those those are the games that we're excited for. I think it's a pretty good group. I think it's a pretty good group of games. I think we're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Everyone else should be excited, too. That's what I say. Yeah. So now, I mean, God dang, Steve, every time you got to play them to beat them. Yeah. You got to. You do. If you're, Although, uh, if you're doing it the other way around, I tell you what, you're playing. You're not playing a video game. That's what you're not doing. No. You, I mean, I, that's what you're not doing, I think. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, uh, it, I'll i say this. The th- I like I like time travel month. I really do. I've been having a good time, you know. I, gosh, I love the music from 1999 so much. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, it yeah. imprinted upon me. You know, I I forgive even the worst music from that year. I'm like, <laughs> I'm okay with it. It was a, it was a better better time for me in life. Yep. Uh, I know the movies. I'm a little more yeah, for 1999. I think I think 94 96 really really beats out 99 in movies. But when it comes to video games in those months, you know, there's a lot of good long boys that you can play. Mm, yeah. But I just, I can't settle into a long one. I want to get a bunch of experiences in. Yeah. So I end up beating a lot of little stuff and never really settling into anything girthy. And so by way of that, I've still just been putting a little bit of time here and there into Shinmu. Now, I know that's not 1999. No. But I was already cooking on it. And I'm afraid if I take a month off of Shinmu 3, we might never come back. No, you get we gotta, dead cell syndrome <laughs> all over again. Yeah, we we got to stay going. So I I have been playing a little bit more Shinmu Three, and in, you know what, enjoying it uh, a little bit, <laughs> just <laughs> enough to keep playing. <laughs> Man, I mean, I keep harping on it, but it is a it is a hat with one of the wires sticking out of the front and a carrot dangling on it. And I'm just running in circles trying to get that <laughs> carrot, but it's just out of reach. It's just just I can't get a hold of it. But we'll see. I think I'm about 17 hours in. I think it advertises itself to be about 24. So we you know we're we're in the last third. I think we were experiencing in real time what it sounds like when a man fills his belly full of Shenmue, but then <laughs> still needs to clean his plate before yeah. he can get up and leave the kitchen table. There have been a few parts where it's like, all right. Can I just find the guy I'm looking for? Because I just keep talking to people who send me to the next guy, who send me to the next guy, who send me to the next guy. Yeah. Like, Ugh. But you know what, Steve? You know what happened? What? I finally got to use the forklift. I went down to there the wharf. There we go. I met, All right. I met my guy. You know, he, I think he told me the wrong time. What? Yeah. He was showing up at 9 a.m., but he told me to meet him at 5 p.m. I, I think I think my guy was gaslighting me a little bit, but I showed up. Lies. He was showed up bright and early, ready to go. I forklifted all friggin' day, man. We moved crates from here to there and back again. 
Oh, I mean, you knew that they had to put it in there at some point. There was Wonderful there was no option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, keep keep at it. You know, it's funny. What 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 is it about Shenmue? And this is not a knock on you, but it's just like a philosophical question. What what keeps pulling you through this one? Right? We've dropped way better games, long long mm-hmm. boys that we loved way more. We've given mm-hmm. up on, but sometimes randomly you're playing one that is just it's it's hitting you right in the mid. You're just like this is middling, but you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna dedicate these forty hours for some reason. I, I think it's the just how apparent the story is. Like this from the very opening cutscene of the first game, you know what you got to do, mm-hmm. and your quest to do that is just constantly interrupted. But that's all RPGs. But there's just something about this one where the interruptions are just so much more frequent and weird. You're like, really? We gotta go. We gotta go over here and do this. Isn't there a bigger thing at stake? <laughs> you just kind of keep getting sidetracked. But like that goal in the end of figuring out who killed your father and why is it's so strong. You just gotta keep going. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, and I. This isn't a spoiler. I don't know. I have no idea the story of Shenmue Three. Never played it. But I'm well. There's not one. Almost but, yeah. certainly, you're not going to learn anything about who killed your father, <laughs> and yet it still compels you and draws you forward. It's very interesting. Yeah. It is. It really is. Yeah, fascinating. Well, you know what? You know what? I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need someone to be proud of me for that. Yeah, I do need it. Uh, you, you, you deserve it, buddy. All right. Tell Burger Thanks. Champ when you when you get off this mic, just walk in there and be like. Can you be proud of me for something? Can you, can you just can you just root for me for once in your life? Please, please, come on, and let it be about Shenmu. That's where I need it most. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Keep at Shenmu. Speaking of RPGs that we're keeping at, man, I've still been going hard on that Grandia. I tell you, Boy, that's now that's a 1999. That is a 1999, and it's a good one. So you did sink some teeth into a girthy 99. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, and it is so 1999 in all the best ways. I don't know how to, there, there's like a term for this probably that I can't find, but it is so like late nineties anime dub in all the best ways. It has the same vibe oh, as like a yeah. working designs game where right. yeah, you're, you're like, oh, yeah. it's phenomenal how janky it is in, in its like uh, production values. But yeah, I've been, I've been pushing on, I'm, I'm still going through it's, it's getting, I would say a little more, it started out very lighthearted very just sort of like rah rah we're going on an adventure and it's still doing that but you can tell that they're starting to layer in some stuff where things are getting a little more serious the stakes are increasing buddy getting juicy Uh, huh it's getting quite juicy yeah and you know all the the combat systems all coming together too so uh it's got this system where the more you use your magic spells the more they level up and then you unlock new spells which I love oh. because it means that you don't just sit there and mash the attack button in every random encounter. You're very encouraged to use all of your random abilities, even in, in oh. everyday encounters, which is nice. But then also nice. as certain skills level up to certain points, you get like combination skills that uh, that combine two elements together. So you level up your fire and you level up your uh, water. You maybe get like a steam attack or something like that. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. So it's all... It's all looking dang good. The one thing I'm worried about, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is the most me thing to worry about ever, I think. But, you know, this is on the PS1. It's a, it's a double disker. 
It's it's dose disking. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing the HD remaster that came out on Switch thanks to the old limited run. Oh, okay, I didn't realize you were doing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? Even though it's not the most authentic 99 experience possible, uh, the the idea of skipping some load times was real appealing to me. I hear that. Uh, but I'm worried I'm going to hit that disc switch, and they're not going to tell me. And I love me a disc switch, buddy. I'd say there's there's oh. no better feeling in your game in life than when, when that RPG pops up and says, well, go ahead and switch to disc two. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I've been... I'm 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 in the meat of it now. They're celebrating my victory. A little moment to pause and reflect. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah. So how do you think they would do it? Just like a little sort of a you know homage kind of scenario where it's not they, really a disc switch, but it just kind of lets you know what happened. I hope they do something because can you imagine how embarrassing it would be after I finish this game? I go out into the real world, out in public, mm-hmm. and people are talking to me about Grandia as they do. Yeah, everybody and they said, me, yeah. "Oh man, you remember." You remember right at the start of disc two when Yigidi uh, Yabas attacked you and you biggity bopo? And I'm going to be like, I don't know what disc two even was. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, <laughs> where, I got no where context did it begin? for that. So. Wow. I hear you. <sighs> I hope Grandia doesn't make me look like an idiot just because I'm playing the remaster. But It would be so embarrassing. I know. It would be awful. But we're going we're gonna to keep on. We're going to keep on in spite of that fear because it's an amazing game. If anyone's been skipping out on Grandia, I'm telling you, it is a classic uh, PS1 RPG. Very much, I would put it in the uh, A or S tier of RPGs on that system. So far. We'll see if it holds all the way through. Yeah, and it's only about, you know, 50 to 60 hours of your time. It's not asking much. Yeah, you know, just a, just a little something. Yeah. Just a, little, just a little, little here and there. Just a little, hey, how you doing? So Yeah, an hour a day, you could have that done in two months. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it is so true. Um. You know you could have done much quicker, but I don't know that you really need to. A classic Uh-oh. PS1 game. Hermie Hopperhead. Now, are you a Hopperhead buddy? Are you a big Hermie Hopperhead fan? Man, you know what I'm about to admit. What? Didn't know this existed. Yeah, that's, Didn't ex- know this that's was a extremely <laughs> reason. I think, like, by definition, people don't know Hermie Hopperhead exists. People forget about it once they've already learned about it. Uh, mm. it, it can't stay in your head. So, uh, I was doing some streaming of... Some delicious uh, 99 video games, uh, yeah. which we'll talk about in the credits section. And I had the import PS2 out as a result. And I was like, well, I'm already here. You know, we finished some game up early on stream. And I was just kind of going through my import library. I have Hermie Hopperhead, which is a 2D platformer. Uh, popped it in. And yeah, man, it's about the most average video game you can possibly imagine. It, Huh. I don't know if this was uh, someone's attempt to, you know, uh, ride the successful coattails of Mario, but <laughs> it's a very unlikable 90s looking character doing some very average 2D platforming. I will say it has kind of an interesting system in that throughout the levels you find these eggs that will start following you around like flicky style and you collect, oh. I don't even remember what the icons are gems bananas something you collect some widget as you go through the levels stars maybe stars yeah that sounds right yep yep oh thank you for looking at those screenshots uh yeah yeah you collect stars (laughs) when you get to the very end of the level you can dump your stars you collected into the eggs and it'll hatch them into little animal friends very cute and then there are certain spots sonic yeah kind of like a sonic 
Uh, But they'll continue to follow you through the levels, like into the next level and stuff. And there are certain spots where uh, you like you can turn your animal friends into like platforms and stuff. So it unlocks like little hidden locations here and there. That's kind of neat, I guess. Yeah. The most confusing part of the game for sure is there's a button to just like let all your animal friends run wild. And I don't really know why you would press it because it doesn't seem to like hurt the enemies. Maybe it does, but they just were doing a terrible job. But their AI kicks in and they just start running in every direction. They'll run into pits and die and they'll just do whatever they want. And then if you press the button again, they freeze in place and you can go collect them again. So it's like, why do they design in this like chaos button for no reason? I'm very curious as to what the heck they were thinking. But wow. You know, it's got uh, Hermie Hopperhead's got a, a very interesting Wikipedia page. Like it was just put together maybe today. Maybe you did this. <laughs> but uh, I'm saying Hermie Hopperhead looks like if Yo Noid had a really serious cancer. Yeah. And, or maybe the other way around. Maybe Yo Noid is Hermie with, with very serious illness. Uh, this uh down here the reception i'm finding to be incredibly interesting because it is all over the map you called it average and i think if i averaged all of these numbers out that would how, that would be how it ends up but you know we see like there's a and of course everybody's got a different rating scheme so we got a 24 out of 40 which is average mm-hmm. then we got a 253 out of 300 which who the hell rates things out of 300 what are you doing but 253 seems good. Yeah. And then there's a 90%. Like, holy crap, somebody loved it. Damn. But then we have 66, 61, 53%, right? Average again. Then a 20%. Somebody was like, no, dude. No. <laughs> then we have an 89% and then a 4.5 out of 5. It's all over the friggin' map. People don't know how to feel about Hermie Hopperhead. Please, Blink, tell us how should we feel. I... It- Average all those out, and that's the opinion that you should have. Now, I will say, in its attempt to be Mario, sometimes it makes some questionable decisions. Like, you can, you know, Mario occasionally, he, he pops down those warp pipes, and he'll go into an underground section, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, Hermie Hopperhead does the same thing, but he goes into trash cans. Like, you're just setting yourself up to get made fun of. People are going to uh, point out that you're you're dumpster diving, that you are a trash game. It's just, it's a terrible decision that they've made, but it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's perfectly serviceable. Is it going to show up on the playing now next week or next episode? I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's weirdly long. If I am to go by the like percentage tracker in the game, I, at every level, every stage that I beat, that tracker was going up like 1%. And so I'm like, are you trying to tell me there's a hundred levels of Hermie? Uh, that Oof. in my future, that might be too much Hopperhead. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but it's, it's also, you know, perfectly fine. It is a very friendly import if you're looking to do some PS1 importing. And it's pretty affordable, probably because it's very hard to make it, a make a compelling case that this is a true hidden gem. But sure, um, sure. Yeah. Totally fun enough. Perfectly fine game. Um, well, it has no entries on how long to beat, so no one knows how long it takes. So you might be the first. Oh, you might have to chart it for the world, let everyone know. Also, again, I keep going back to this Wikipedia page because, I mean, there are warnings all over this thing that most of this is probably misinformation. Uh, this looks like <laughs> this looks like a Wikipedia entry for like an MK Ultra like conspiracy thread. But the plot is a single sentence, which you never see. 
Uh, I mean, there there are longer plot lines for Tetris. <laughs> it says the story follows the eponymous eponymous eponymous. I forget how to say words suddenly. The story follows Hermie as he witnesses an egg leap out of a trash can and peering inside said receptacle falls into an alternate dimension. That's the plot. Yeah. Yep. I mean, not much to it. Not not a whole lot going on. It, I'll tell you that it does not expand much beyond that in the story of the game either. Wowee. It developed by a company called Ukes, who uh still together. Wow. They make a lot of they make a lot of wrestling stuff now. A lot of WWE, a lot of AEW oh. fighting games, UFC stuff. Been Living doing off that those for a while. Hermie Hopperhead royalties, you know what? They're- in fact, now that I'm looking back, Hermie is one of the very few games non wrestling that they've ever done. <laughs> Oh. Do, you, do you get any wrestling flavor when you're playing through it? Do you see any wrestling DNA? Not really. Spritzed? No, I'm not not feeling any of that. Maybe that's why it feels so average, just because they didn't know how to do anything other than wrestling. That's true. Man, and they, they, they've been doing the wrestling thing for a long time. Interesting. Mm. All right. Good stuff. Well, that was Hermie the Hopper. Hermie, Hermie, I almost called him Hermie the Hopperhead, but it's Hermie <laughs> Hopperhead. That's his name. Yeah. He, I, his parents set him up for failure. What a, what a rough name. That's that's getting Oof. made fun of at school for sure. Oh, 100%. Oh, you know another name that's getting made fun of in school? Theatrhythm. Theatrhythm. Oh, I've, been, I've been calling it theater rhythm. I've been putting the er. I've been putting the extra e in there. I think, you're right. I think it's you're just actually theat. supposed to, but yeah. who's to say? Oh, well, maybe they should have spelled it that way. You know, yeah, if you're supposed to say it that way, they should have, maybe they should have spelled it right. I think it's kind of like a Kratos-Kratos situation where they're both objectively correct. And there's no ah. there's no wrong answer there. Theater. Theater rhythm. Theater. Theatrhythm. Theatrhythm. Uh, but we're just going to call it the final bar line because that's the okay. subtitle of that game. Yeah. Uh, I was sweating bullets because I was like, dang, Amazon's not going to give me my copy till Monday. I'm, I'm looking to play it this weekend when I got some spare time. But they came through in the clutch. Surprise early delivery. Saturday it arrived. Popped it in. Played just a few songs. And damn, that game is hard. They, did your demo stuff carry over though? Did you worried about that? The demo did carry over. I was, I was happy to say, uh, and I decided to to crank it up to the top difficulty. So when I was playing in the demo, I was playing on the third of fourth, or the third of four difficulties, uh-huh. and that was tough. I played a couple songs on the hardest difficulty. I don't. What? Who do they think I am? Some sort who are of you? some sort of god gamer over here. I mean, you're not bad. Apparently, uh, we, we might even get to it later in the show, but I hear that uh, you made Trevor McFur look pretty easy. So mm-hmm. you might be a god gamer, Stephen. Right, well, tell you what, even I guess I got to train up to it then because those songs were kicking my tush, kicking my tush. But what's fun is now that I got the full version, I popped on and there's a there's an online mode, and it, you just the specifics of it don't matter. But you basically get into a room with three other people. And play songs against each other, and you want to score the most points, which makes sense, right? But what's really nice, it's a very satisfying sort of like victory, is there's these collecta cards that you get throughout the game. They're digital trading cards, and they have various rarities and stuff. And you unlock them throughout the main game for doing all sorts of stuff, for doing quests, you know, getting full combos, etc. You get all these collecta cards. There's like a thousand of them. And mm-hmm. in the multiplayer mode, when you finish, they basically crack open a pack of these collecta cards. It's essentially like opening a pack of Pokemon cards. And they they splay them all out. Like, here's all the collecta cards. And then whoever won the song in the multiplayer match gets to choose first. 
And it is so satisfying because they're all on the screen. Like you can see their cursors hovering over the cards they want. Like they're looking at everything. And it's so satisfying when you win a multiplayer match, which I did. And it cracks open and you see that hollow foil Sephiroth card. And you're like, oh, yeah. You, you just like, watch me take this from you, nerds. Watch, watch <laughs> me take the card that you want. And uh, it, it honestly, like Pokemon, it's funny because it seems like they always put like one very rare card in and it's like you're drafting from the pack of Pokemon cards. You're like, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the hollow card. Uh, that's the one I'm going to take out of this uh, pack. Thanks, guys. You guys can argue over who gets the metal or fire energy card. Uh, so <laughs> I like a good multiplayer mode that, that gives me the opportunity to shame the people that I've defeated. And as someone who has never lost after two matches of multiplayer, um, I <laughs> believe that I will never know that shame myself. And so I'm riding that high. <laughs> after two matches of multiplayer. Look at you go, bud. Yeah, yeah. I'm riding high. Got that? Got to hang that banner. Hang that banner. Yeah, we're 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 proud. So we'll keep plugging away at that. Hopefully, I can come back with a beat on that sometime soon. But now, what are you thinking, Trav? You're thinking, yeah. you want to plug ourselves because it feels so good, right? I'd love to. And I'm saying, why don't you plug those cheeks down to the hot seat before oh, we get around to plugging ourselves? Okay, man. <laughs> hey, I down. was just I was getting geared up. You saw me. I lifted myself off off my uh, seat a little bit, and I was rubbing my hands together, getting ready to plug. Mm, oh. Nope, now you gotta rub them, rub them cheeks together to get a spark that lights that fire. Sack to the friggin' backfield, man. God dang. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, I, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. I'm gonna give you two grand, two grand to spend on video games. But you need to tell me the exact game names that you'll be buying with that two grand and you have 20 seconds to do it. Go. What are you buying? Wow. Uh, two grand to buy how many games? As many as you want. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm going to get... You know what? I'm going to get some big boys out of the way. Oh. Uh, I'm going to take half of it and get... Uh, it's weird that I would spend two grand just to buy the worst games for my collection, but it's free two grand, right? So I'm going to get yeah. that that uh, Clay Fighter for my N64 collection because that's, that's a big... That's a big rock in my cog right there. You know, mm. if I get that, we're we're downhill sledding to a full sixty foe. Uh, then you know what I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna fucking pop. I'm gonna get that goddamn snatcher. I'm gonna snatch that snatcher. Oh, I'm gonna get that. One. I don't even know what that goes for these days, it's but I'm gonna grand. pretend I have like five hundred. It's a grand. Yeah. Did I just spend both? I think you just I'm lost done? all your money. Yeah. Okay. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking do it. I mean, uh, tragic for you. I mean, I specifically said, give me the exact game names. You just said Clay Fighter. There's no game called Clay Fighter in the Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut. Sculptor's Cut. Uh, 63 and a third Sculptor's Cut. You're going to be mad when the regular Clay Fighter 63 and a third shows up. The one on Super Nintendo rides. And I'm like, what the? That's not what I said. Oh, boy. What does that go for these days? Is that a $1,000 game? Yeah, loose. Yeah, thousand dollars for a cart that no one wants to play. That's insane. I know, but you just gave me free money, and uh, that's you know what? If I'm gonna if I have to earn earn the games, I'm probably gonna get some good ones. But if someone's just gonna hand me free money, I mean, I'm just, I'll go ahead and get that painful purchase out of the way. Yeah, that's smart. You're smart. It's I like, like getting that. a free game. All right, when you're out in the real world and you're explaining your hobby to people, you know which one your gaming hobby (laughs) okay gotcha do you describe yourself as a gamer do you use the loaded term gamer why or why not i i don't i don't like the term gamer 
It's very, I mean, it, it comes, like you said, very quite loaded. Uh, I, I actually don't, I don't know what I say to people. I, say, I think I say, like, yeah, I'm pretty into video games. And then I kind of let them ask questions around that. Yeah, see, I'm asking this hot seat question mostly because I also find that there's, like, there's no good way to explain this. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you can't, I can't come in with the word gamer. It, it, it carries too much baggage. And it just feels yeah. weird. Um, calling my, calling myself a gamer kind of feels like before we were engaged, it kind of felt like calling Leah my girlfriend, despite having been dating for 13 years, right? Like it's just, it's not really getting at the heart of what I'm describing here with the with the way that this word uh, operates. Yeah. But it's also like being called. I think YouTuber has has become yeah. a bit of a loaded term too. Like it's now so that people true. just see you as some millennial who wants desperate attention, which isn't untrue. Yeah. But also, we're doing other stuff on there. We're, you know, we're, it's, it's, there's quality <laughs> things to be shared with on, you know, YouTube. Yeah. I, you're an elder millennial who wants attention. That's totally yeah, different. Totally 100%, different. 100%. 100%. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I kind of do the, like, uh, you know, I'm a big, sometimes, sometimes I'll do like, a, oh, I'm a big retro game fan or something. I feel like maybe you can mm. sneak in maybe like, yeah, I like, I like some retro games. And then, yeah. Mostly you just leave the door open and you let them ask questions and they probably don't because they're like, oh, I would love to get off of this topic as fast as possible. Why are you talking to me? Or they do this this move where they start talking about board games. And you're like, no, no, no. Oh, no. yeah. No, I don't play. No, no I don't. No, nothing. I don't have room for tables and chairs in my house. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're a, we're a shelf. We're a shelf house. Yeah. Shelves. <laughs> Shelves <laughs> and TVs. <laughs> It's for me personally, like in my particular instance too, I always feel so bad because every now and again you get someone who like wants to meet you where you're at, and I'm, I love it. I appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. But because I'm an, a, a terrible uh, game player, I played none of the popular games, and so they're like, "Oh yeah, buddy, I love." Oh man, did you play Fallout Four? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, I've been playing Assassin's Creed. I'm like, yeah, I never played that. They're like, you know, I kind of like this. I kind of you know, get into Far Cry. I'm like, no, I never played a Far Cry. And they're like, what about Skyrim though, right? I mean, we all love mm-hmm. Skyrim. I'm like, uh, Oof. yeah, yeah. Uh, the VR version because I've played that. And they're like, ooh, I've never played VR. So, <laughs> I, well, I get that too. And a lot of times it devolves into like the uh, the the MMOs or whatever. Like, yeah, me and my me and my kid play like you know Fall Guys or whatever the, the games are. Fortnite. I don't. It's not. I play older stuff that um, no one cares about. That's me. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Why? How come no one ever says, "Yeah, man, so, uh, you play Second Sight on the GameCube," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's all right." <laughs> yeah, bring, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I was actually more it's of also, a psyops guy. But. It's also, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but when you know you have someone new over to the game room and they see all your games and then they ask if you have like <laughs> that one very popular game, like, "Hey, you got Donkey Kong Country?" I'm like. Yeah, 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 of course. Yep, I, I managed to track <laughs> one down. Yep. I did. I do have Contra and Mario too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, you sure you don't want to see? You know, I've got like Batsu Gun on the Saturn. You got to shoot him up that? <laughs> you see something weird? Yeah. <laughs> like, you ever seen a Gizmondo before? They run. You know what? Door. After after this uh, this uh, hot seat, I'm going to circle back to some to some now playing. You just reminded me of. Heck yeah! All right, all right. Well. That is not uh, an opportunity to parachute out of this hot seat, but you got one more question you got to get through. I know, I know, I, I understand. All right, now you, you kind of mentioned, you know, that they people take you for like a, a millennial, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you even younger. I'm gonna make you Gen Z. I'm pretty sure this is Gen Please. Z. Well, Whatever maybe maybe this yeah. is the youngest millennial possible. I don't know the cutoff. I don't either. Uh, 
But if you were born, it's all made up. You, you know, you're time traveling right now. If you were born in the mm-hmm. uh, the, the year of our Lord, 1999, you're born in oh, 1999. Yeah. Mm. So you're what, 23, 23, 24, 24, yeah. something like that. Uh, what do you think would be different about your game playing and your collecting habits? What do you think you would look like as a 24 version of yourself with your same interests? Man, that's a really good question. You know, I probably have no affinity for my beloved NES at that age. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you probably have like a, a a novel interest in Mario. Is like, wow, look mm-hmm. at look at where this came from. This is like, this is the classics right here. Yeah, I'd probably see the Super Nintendo as being a really really neat thing. That's a bit older. I might have dug around in that a little bit. But you know where I'm probably my most of my nostalgia. You know, based on the way that I used to get games a little bit late, you know, I would have probably been playing the GameCube at around eight years old. You know, even though the 360 <laughs> and all that stuff was out, I would have been like, my mom would have got me a discount GameCube. So I'd probably have a lot of nostalgia tied to some of the more kid-friendly games on that system. Mm. I'd be like, man, did you ever play Shrek on GameCube? Because that, <laughs> that ruled. I love the movie and the game. Uh, I think there's a Ratatouille game on there. It's pretty good. Cars is pretty good on GameCube. So I'd, prob- I'd probably be there. I, you know, and I, I do think that's a great, you know, PS2 GameCube. Like, that's a really good era of gaming that, I, you know, I think I'd still be a good, healthy collector. I think I'd be doing pretty good having strong affinity for those systems. But I guarantee I'm more on the cutting edge at 24. I'm probably playing all the new Call of Duties. I'm probably playing... Yeah. All my friends are in there playing that Fort Fortnite. <laughs> that Fortnite. I think Fortnite Fort might even guys. be going. Might be losing popularity. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Might be. I'd be playing what is it, Fallout? Fall Boys, Fallout dudes. <laughs> yeah. All my MMOs. Yeah, I I'd feel bad for you if you were, you know, anyone that that grew up at that time period. You know, they started getting their first job and their income like 2015, 2016 or so. Like, you had, like, a year or two before all the prices just went absolutely crazy, and you were basically priced yeah. out instantly, so I feel for people like that. But That is a good point. Um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that that makes sense. You know, kind of off topic, but I was at a birthday party yesterday for Leah's nephew. He's turning 13, mm-hmm. and uh, one of his, one, one of the parents on, on another side of the family, as a gift, got him a PlayStation 5. Uh, and so we're at this like you know pizza party type deal. He has no idea it's coming. It was it was a good surprise because it was not from it was not from a PS5 caliber relative, right? Like there's certain people in your <laughs> yeah. life you would expect to get you a PS5. This was not one of them for him. So he was absolutely caught off guard. And I he he was like without the screaming, he had all the energy and body language of Nintendo 64 kid. He was oh uh, like, yeah. He opened it like froze in a moment of panic ripped it faster like put his hands up on his head like stressed out Aww. like he doesn't know how to process the emotion that he's feeling and looks That's around amazing. all frantically it was so good <laughs> and i was thinking i was like man this is he's 13 right this is his like nintendo 64 moment like this mm-hmm. is this is his teenage console 30 years from now this exact moment is going to be the reason that he's willing to pay freaking $95 for God of War Ragnarok <laughs> from some guy at a thrift store or from yeah. some and that's in 2034 money you know yeah that's, it's that's just crazy I was like man I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching the the start of something that can 
get quite expensive for you, my friends. So enjoy <laughs> it now while it's cheap. Was it was it a filmed opening? Did he did this make it that document that, yes. that experience? Yep, yep. Very good. Yeah, we captured cool. it. Got all the kids in the background going, It's a PS5. That's awesome. That I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Am I out of this goddamn hot sink finally? You are. You you know what you made it through. We learned a lot about you. You're collecting, you're spending. I think that you're you're warmer but wiser is how I would describe yeah. you. Heck yeah, dude. Well, I love being wiser. And you know what? I love being warmer too. Uh, real quick, I wanted to circle back to the current, uh, the now playing gets because you know what? I want to say I'm not, I'm not playing it now, okay? But it was. This, this is the was playing. Okay, let's let's new segment. Oh, <laughs> just for today. That's gonna be a big so, segment. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, uh, you know, I told you I had uh, our good pal Burger Champ over. You know, we finally, you know, he's the guy that sent us a lot of uh, very uh, pleading emails because he was trapped and uh, held hostage, and uh, yeah. we got him free. He's living with me now in my basement. You know, Oof. we got him safe. He's, uh, he's he's a better place. Anyway, uh, he, so he comes over this weekend, and uh, when, to backtrack a little bit more at Magfest, and Steve, you might be one of the few people that will get that will understand this, but uh, you know, Arkanoid on the NES, right? Uh, it's a brick breaking game. Um, it has a special controller. Yep. I had never seen one in person. Never seen one at a store. Never even come across it online just by happenstance. Never yeah. seen a picture of it. <laughs> uh, but I knew it existed. And at MacFest, they had one complete in box, minty, 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 minty fresh box with the, with the game inside and all that for super duper, duper, duper cheap. People just walking past it, not really knowing what it was for. I did. I bought it. I got it. Nice. And I saved it. I, you know, I hadn't really messed with it. I had it sitting on the shelf. I was like, one day I'll, I'll plug around with that thing. I didn't even try it to see if it worked. Burger Champ comes over, and I'm like, you know what would be cool to do with the champ? Because I know he's he's going to appreciate this. Let's mm. test out this controller. Oh, we okay. pull it out of the box. Boy, she had never been un, unraveled. She had never been plugged into a system. Still had the the old twist tie around the cables. Oh, you almost feel guilty game. cracking that open at that point. I know. It wasn't sealed or anything, hmm. but it was very, very new. Very, you know, un, hardly used. I would believe not used at all. And uh, we put, we even have to, you know, because there's a thing you have to take apart on the controller to use a little screwdriver to calibrate it so that it actually, you know, matches with your your game. You want to make sure that your your Arkanoid, your, your brick breaking ship, goes all the way from one end of the screen to the next with no gaps. We had yeah. to, we had to fine tune it, play it, boy. It um, it makes that game a million times better and with the old d-pad where it's very slow you get to twist this little knob to send your thing back and forth yeah. across the screen we had a lot of fun with that it was very cool to play you know it, i love old hardware meant for the system and yeah. sometimes you know you, you can have all your modern emulators and simulators and ports and modifications but sometimes that that og hardware that it was made for is just just a nice warm comfy tailored experience we had a ton yeah. of fun with that oh yeah that's that's I, I don't get much better than that, man. That's exactly what what I'm always chasing that feeling on, right? Is just mm-hmm. give me that authentic, classic experience. Did you guys end Having up eating a, it? Oh God, no, no, we didn't get <laughs> yeah, past okay, it. It's still yeah. hard as balls. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, also just giving the game room that experience, having having a bro over to to experience that, mm, unmatched, unmatched. Now I tell you what else is unmatched. This goddamn podcast network, hey, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, now, if you like what you're hearing so far, uh, be sure to, you know, we're usually more awake. I'll say that. But you can check us out on our website. That's polymedianetwork.com. We've got more shows over there. You can find Drunk Friend. Now, we've had a, another brief hiatus. Is that Alex? He gets busy. He's got uh, his his work, uh, I think his job title has shifted. And so, gosh, getting together on those Wednesday nights to record those things has been 
has been tough. But we will have 2003 coming at you soon. We've already got a guest lined up for 2004. And we have another guest lined up for either 2005 and 2006 because we're still going through the early aughts of 2000. So look forward to that. Drunk Friend, you know, it's still a thing. We're sorry it's been a little, you know, a bit of, bit of a break in the old scheduling, but we're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. Heck yeah. Uh, you know what, though? You can go in in between them, Drunk Friends. Go check out that back catalog, Tales of Lesser Medium. Go listen to that Earthbound episode. Go listen to all those episodes because they're all so dang good. If you're looking to hear a bad story but laugh a lot while you learn it. It is one of the best shows on the network. Also, one of the best shows, We Got Goosebumps. Man, no coincidence that the best shows on the network have a little Travi 2 Beats action on them there. That's That just makes sense to me. But yeah, We Got Goosebumps, which is your chronological exploration of all the Goosebumps books. Every single Goosebumps story that's ever been told. Re... Re, uh, reanalyzed in a modern context and uh, re-explained to you, the dear listener. Latest episode, episode 10, Ghost Next Door. Good stuff. Yeah, that's an interesting one. You think you're going to get goosebumps in that one. You might get tear bumps. You might. Oh, 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 no. I hate yeah. tear bumps. <laughs> you might. You might. Now, as always, we say be, be sure to check out that Uncle Doug's DVD bin because if you like movies, you're going to like that podcast. That's with uh, myself and our pal Kevin. Uh, again, we're between seasons. We're trying to line it up here. So Kevin and I have been really busy. We got improv going on. We got stand up going on. He and I are we're trying to we're trying to start a life out on the road, being being stage actors, and stage comedians. Right? We don't have all this time to be watching movies, but we got plans to do it. We will come with more movies. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then also be sure to check out uh, the new Point and Drink Adventure with our pals Pam and Petey. Petey also in town this weekend. We're having a lot of fun with her. Uh, they got a new episode out called Dirty Martinis for Dirty Girls. And if that doesn't get you quick over there to check it out, I don't know what will. I uh, also do want to shout out uh, Off Kilter is back sometimes. Uh, speaking of Kevin, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he, me, him, and uh, and Briz have been collaborating on a, on a few uh, very... You know, who knows what that show's about, right? It's just all kinds yeah. of stuff we just toss. It's just a big melting pot of fun. So if you're interested in uh, hanging out with the three of us, download uh, the new Stealth Kilter. There's also a Christmas one. We, we've been doing some holiday specials. Dang, look at that. Look at that. You got it. You're getting more new podcasts, new old podcasts. That's mm-hmm. that's good news for the people. You know, if you're into indie games or if you want to be into indie games, you can go check out Indie Quest, which is your exploration of the indie and obscure it is build the big old quest log of indie game recommendations for you to check out. But sometimes we take a little pause from the uh, the ratings and the reviews and the discussions, and we just listen to some great indie tunes, some some high quality indie music. So we just released our latest IQ OST episode, which is always some of my favorites. So please go check it out. When you do, you're gonna think I need to rate this show. I need to review this show. So you can hop over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, and leave us a rating and review. That does help. It legitimately does help. It's also like, yes, it is a legally binding thing that if you have a podcast, you have to say that. However, there's a reason that it gets said every time. It's because it genuinely does help the show. So thank you very much. Indeedly do. We do appreciate all of those ratings and reviews. Uh, you can also visit us on, uh, check out our Patreon if you'd like. Uh, visit patreon.com forward slash polykill. Find a tier that works for you over there if you're interested in helping out the show. You can get all kinds of new stuff. Everybody likes new stuff. Get some new stuff. Get some early stuff. Uh, you get early Nest Friend videos, polykill episodes, drunk friend episodes, occasionally an IQ episode, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, 
And we have a subreddit that you can check out. Uh, that'd be cool if you check that out. I do want to shout out uh, a new uh, podcast review that we got, just because hey, if people are going to submit them, we might as well praise them, right? So we got uh, we got a five stars on January seventeenth, about a month ago, from someone who goes by QSZ Waxes, and I don't know what they're waxing. <laughs> oh, but. Boy. Uh, it says, good stuff. I love the cozy vibe of this podcast and the sense of community that comes with it. Because of this podcast, I am more motivated than ever to start digging into the insanely huge backlog of games I have and I have, and start knocking some of them out. Steve and Trav play off of each other very well and are very good with comedic timing and callbacks. Each episode discusses a plethora of games and gives a lot of insight into interesting titles I had never heard of before. 10 out of 10, an exceptionally decent time. <laughs> there you go. So thank you, uh... Whoever QSZ waxes, whoever you are, you've made our day. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's very kind of you. Very kind words. Thank you very much. All right. If you want to reach out to the show, you can get a hold of us at polykillpodcast at gmail.com. That's that's your direct line into these two knuckleheads right here. We'll read that. We'll read it. You know what? We'll read anything you send us. That's not true. We'll we'll read most things you send us, all right? (laughs) We like to hear from you. Uh, but you know who else likes to hear from you? Your friends, your family, your your the people in your life looking for podcasts. All right, because the real, the authentic best way to help this and all the shows on the network grow is to just tell a buddy, tell a friend, tell someone who's podcast hungry that you've got a podcast meal for them and cook them oh, up yeah. a big old bowl of polykill. All right, that's the way. To yes, do. yes, so they can get it in their belly. Belly. Oh, you gave me a belly. Oh my, it's too early for me, for me to drop a belly, but buddy. So proud of you. Oh, I always drop a belly anytime I undo my pants. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, my favorite part of the show is talking about what we've accomplished. Man, mm-hmm. all of this build up, and then we get to this part where it's just like, dude, actually, to be honest with you, I'm pretty amazing at video games. How are you? How have you been amazing at video games lately? Dude, I've, I've been, like I said earlier, I was doing some import PS1 gaming. All right. And the main reason for that is there's a 99 classic time traveling back to 99, playing all the hottest hits. I had to pop in that Pepsi Man, Pepsi oh Man, gosh. the ultimate 1999 video game. Uh, you know what? I I feel like the reputation of Pepsi Man says much more than I ever could. But <laughs> I got to well, say, us in. What, what is the reputation of Pepsi Man? So if you've never seen Pepsi Man before, it is Pepsi Man. The titular Pepsi Man is this like superhero spandex wearing full body suit wearing mm. superhero mm-hmm. that solves people's problems by delivering them Pepsi. And man, the stakes really escalate quick. So <laughs> you, it starts out and and at the beginning of every level Someone will tell you the kind of like why you're playing through the level. And they'll say, you, you'll walk up on someone and be like, my son is at the mall and he's thirsty, but the vending machine is out of Pepsi. And Pepsi man, you know, says, are you kidding me? I'll spring into action. And he races down the street. The game's an auto runner. And you get to the end of the mission to deliver Pepsi to the kid. And then you get to the next level and it'll be like, yeah, so a plane went down in the middle of the desert, and a bunch of people have been stranded out there for days, no hope of rescue. They're probably pretty thirsty for a Pepsi right now. And Pepsi Man's like, all right, I'll deliver them Pepsi. I'm not going to save the people, but I will get out into the desert and make sure that they can quench their <laughs> thirst 
with a very refreshing Pepsi, which would just only kill them faster. And then the steaks, sure. you know, at some point, it's it's basically uh, you're saving the world, essentially. I mean, you're, you're doing what needs to be done to stop uh, a, like, supercomputer from, you know, absolutely denying the entire population all the Pepsi that they need to, to live and sustain themselves on. So bonkers the actual game it it is a video game it's not just like a weird joke fever dream that i'm making up the actual gameplay is it's an auto runner it's like a uh you're behind pepsi man and he's running forward and you're just jumping and avoiding things you have like a button to slow down you have a button to do like a quick dash and you're just trying to collect 100 cans of pepsi and reach the end of the level before the timer runs out which can sometimes be pretty damn tricky i mean some of these levels are pretty harsh and you have to be a perfect Pepsi delivery man in order to uh, to hit the end with even a few seconds to spare. But uh, I gotta say, it looked fun. Like I'm not, uh, you know, sometimes you have this ability because you're such an upbeat, warm, soft-hearted <laughs> gentleman, and you're very good at video games that you can make sometimes dog shit look like a good time. Uh, I watched that and was like, boy, I could really go for two things right now: a Pepsi and a Pepsi man. Yeah, it's, uh, but uh, it's a bit pricey. Yeah, it is a little bit spendy, but and it's because it has such a reputation. But it is a very legitimately fun game. You know, it's a simple concept. It's done well. Um, at the very least, if you can't pick up a copy, if you know, you know, there are many ways to play video games in the world. However, you want to do it, you know, that's mm-hmm, a, that's mm-hmm, your business, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, but at the very least, look up the on YouTube the cutscenes. In this game, because I don't. Oh yes, the but yes. they, they had like no budget or something, so all the cutscenes are this guy who seems like he's in like a trailer, and it it they're just making fun of Americans basically. Like it's just this big beer bellied dude sitting on a chair slamming Pepsi's in a way that's like desperate and maybe almost sexual with how much he loves or needs <laughs> Pepsi. And oh, yeah, sexual Pepsi. Yeah, he'll be slamming, like, handfuls of chips, and there'll be just Pepsi cans littering the ground everywhere, and he'll be, like, it, it's it's almost uncomfortable to watch sometimes, and then he'll just stare right to camera and he'll go, like, Pepsi, game for Pepsi, or some random sentence like that. And you're like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> sexual Pepsi would be a better name for that game. Because the those that that tight little butt on Pepsi Man is really something to marvel. <laughs> oh, at. dude, he leaves nothing to the imagination. And Miss <laughs> Pepsi Man's a very lucky lady. I'll say that. <laughs> Pepsi Madam is she's Pepsi doing Man. all right for herself. Ah, uh, good uh, stuff. That was a, that was definitely a fun stream. I've I've enjoyed your 1999. You've pulled out some. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'll say unorthodox selections for for your 99. It's been great. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time. Um, you know, I'll hit one more. This is not a '99 game, but I want to uh, encourage people to check it out. So while I had that import PS1 sitting there, we played another PS1 game that I had in the collection from the old Godzilla franchise, Gamera 2000. This is another game that never came out in North America. It's only in Japan. And man, this game owns holy crap it is so good so really the concept is it it plays like a star fox or probably panzer dragoon is the better comparison point in fact 100 percent it's panzer dragoon because it has the same you know it's a rail shooter it has the same lock-on system where you can like lock on to a bunch of different parts of an enemy and then let go of the button and a bunch of different lasers will like shoot off and fire and take them down or take a bunch of different enemies down uh you can 
hit L1 and R1 to spin the camera 90 degrees so you can see in front of you, left, right, and behind you, and enemies will come from every direction. And then <laughs> you you play as like a, like a pilot, a uh, mech pilot or something, and you don't actually play as Gamera. So this is Gamera from the Godzilla lineage. Uh, Gamera is like your co-pilot that just like kind of flies near you and flies around you and then gamera will shoot like crazy big fire beams and laser beams and stuff like that at enemies but man the music is like oh it's primo like pumping 90 or 1999 like electronica type soundtrack it's a gorgeous game very like energetic high action it's just oh it's so good it it is as good as uh, the greats like your Star Fox and your Panzer Dragoons in the rail shooter genre. It is, it is so much fun. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Man, learning all kinds of cool new stuff. Yeah. So folks, sh- go check out that Gamera 2000. Go give it a peep. It's that one, buddy. We talk Jaspers. Gamera 2000 is a real Jasper and much more affordable than Pepsi Man. If you're, if you're looking to do a little physical importation, um, yeah, it's not nearly as not nearly as spendy. You can get them more Man, than like that sixty dollar range. These screenshots look incredible. Yeah, I might be uh, I might be digging in. Thank you for that. All right, mm-hmm. I just pour money out of my armpits uh, whenever I talk to you. It's <laughs> really dumb. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna start light. I'm gonna start light here. Uh, you know, sort of surfing through my 1999. Sometimes, and I mentioned this earlier. I don't want to settle into a big guy because I got a lot of plans this year. I got an alphabet to take care of and some mm-hmm. some games that are a bit longer. I want to get to. So I don't want to. I don't want to bite off more than I can chew through the month. So I, I settled into a nice, just light experience, little magical Tetris challenge. You know, we're talking Mickey. We're talking Goofy. We're talking <laughs> Donald Duck playing some Tetris in a, I guess, Tetris attack style. Mode, it's all you do. You just get Tetrises and send quirky obstacles over to your, uh, to your opponent, which in my case was the CPU. And it's a fine, it's a fine time. I would say I would not write <laughs> home about it. If I were away from home, I wouldn't say, Dear Dad, I've been playing Magical Tetris Challenge and it has been a jolly great. I wouldn't write home about it. I wouldn't mm. bring it up. If, I if talked you were, about other, other things. We don't need the full list, but, uh, you know, just from your gut. If you were to mm-hmm. rank every version of Tetris you've ever played, uh, where would this fall? What number in the list? Oh, man. Where would it fall in the list? Oh, uh, I don't know that I've played a full 10 styles of Tetris, but it's it's right around yeah. eight. All right. That's fair. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. It's not the worst thing, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's meant for a younger audience. Let's admit it. Mm-hmm. It's a short game. I think you only, you know, to beat it, you only got to play like five rounds. Oh wow! It's not, it's not like it's not tough. I think if I played it, I lost like the first match. I was like, "What? <laughs> what the hell?" I mean, did I, did I forget how to play Tetris? Uh, it, it also has one of those ordeals where, like, you know, if they they can send you uh, some, you know, if they get a bunch of points, they can send you some some obstacles, and you can get like these giant Tetris blocks that are like you know seven by seven squares. You got to deal with, which seem nice because it might fill in a block, but most of the time it just creates chaos for you, and you're like, mm. "I don't know what to do with this." And you just threw a whole meatloaf over here. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. So it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a 1999 game. I'm just starting. I'm starting off a little light right now. We'll, we'll get to some better stuff. But what what else you got? Starting off light. You know, it's two thirds of the way through the month. But he's starting off light. Starting, starting off, off light, light here. Yeah. Uh, another 99 game that I was looking to do because you know, it's, it probably won't surprise people. Almost certainly, our next episode is going to be our review, our look back on the time traveling 1999, and we're going to have to do a top five. 
of the best games that came out that year. And a a game that I was very uh, nostalgic for, that I rented and or played at a friend's house, I don't actually remember which, but I definitely played it a good amount as a young lad, was Toy Story 2. And thankfully, oh. you know, Sony, uh, Daddy PlayStation was kind enough in their infinite wisdom <laughs> to put this on their PS Classics collection, which meant that it was very easy for me to pick up and, and start streaming. And so... Uh, I popped it in, and man, it, well, it, I, I was taken right back. I was right back to 1999, sitting in my parents' basement. I'm eating pizza rolls. I'm playing Toy Story 2, and I'm having a great time. If you've never oh played my it, gosh. it's a, I mean, it's a 3D platformer, and it, how much you love 3D platformers is going to entirely dictate how much you like this game. If you like running around in a level and doing different objectives to collect Pizza Planet tokens, you're probably really going to like Toy Story 2. If you don't like Buzz Lightyear or any of his friends, you probably won't want to play <laughs> Toy Story 2. That's that's really where it's coming from. I will say, though, even though it's a 99 game, I kind of feel like it was designed for a D-pad uh, and not a joystick because oh. it, uh, you know, you press forward on the joystick to move forward. And then if you turn the joystick kind of left and right, he'll like turn left and right a little bit. And... The sensitivity to turn left and right is really, really touchy. And so running in a straight line if you're not using the D-pad is almost impossible. In, in some of the later levels, I ended up having to like line the camera directly up behind me and use a D-pad because I was literally not going to be able to run in a straight line for three seconds without falling <laughs> off. And right. that's very relevant because in their infinite wisdom, the, the developers uh, of Toy Story 2, Traveler's Tales, decided... We should make every level very vertical in the back half of this game. There's a lot of verticality. And you make one wrong jump, buddy, you are falling all the way down to the bottom of that level, and it is climb time right back up to where you were. So That's brutal. Brutal. You got to take her slow. You got to take her cautious. But, you know, it, your reward in the end is getting to talk to Mr. Potato Head like five or six times. So uh, Who doesn't it, love that? He doesn't yeah. love talking tater with the tater. Ah. <laughs> Just John some tater. All right. Man. It's really, Dang. it was a very fun game. Uh, it was, you know, in spite of a couple of little control uh, difficulties here and there, I, I had a blast the whole way through. We streamed it two different days. Happy to do it both times. And uh, I'm proud to now finally say that I have finished it. I, and 100% too. We got every Pizza Planet token. So, oh my gosh. I uh, could go for a pizza right now. I could go for a pizza and a sexual Pepsi. Mm, well, you have to take that up with Burger Champ. That's, All right. It's not my call. See what, <laughs> see what he's got planned. I'll see what he's got planned. Very cool. Toy Story 2. I've not played any of the Toy Story games, but I'm told that uh, at the very least, uh, if, if you don't find them fun, they're interesting to look at. So yeah, try it. Yeah, very fun. You should, you should check it out. Uh, you, you'd enjoy it, I think. All right, uh, Steve. Now, last time, last episode, we talked about one particular game, right? And it stuck out because you had uh, beaten it. Uh, many, many, many years ago, and yeah. you're you're not uh, you're not so you're not too harsh on the games, you know. You, you, no. You're a pretty forgiving guy, right? Uh, yeah. They're meant to be fun. You should you should appreciate uh, them when they're fun. But you said many years ago you might have been you might have been a harsher guy. You might have yeah. been a real rebel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been a you've been a bully, and Tough so you played. Yeah, oh yeah. You might have played that Monster Truck Madness '64. <laughs> you gave it one out of five stars, and you said, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll revisit it someday and be nicer to it. I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't need to do that. The that game so I is, called it correctly. Oh my god! <laughs> it it literally might be the worst game I've ever finished. It is horrible. The handling in that game 
is a fucking suggestion. It is so bad. I have never played a game that controlled that poorly that didn't have any excuse for like having like network lag or yeah. something. Like this was the controller is plugged in with a wire into the thing and somehow it was as bad as it is. It's a, okay, so you know, it's a monster truck game where you're racing monster trucks. Yeah. And there's all these various terrains. Maybe I just don't know a lot about monster trucks, but they got big old wheels and they look heavy. <laughs> they do. Yeah, absolutely. You, they are. You heavy. think, I mean, and I get they go, they go up in the air and do flips and do dads and all this stuff, but I would just think that they're heavier than they feel in this game where it's like everything you do just launches you to the moon. <laughs> you can leave the, you can leave the track map and just lose the track. You might never <laughs> find <laughs> the road again. Uh, you, every corner that comes up, if you're not breaking at the exact perfect time, you're just gone. Absolutely gone. Uh, it doesn't have much rubber banding either. If you're not like in it, you might not be in it ever. <laughs> oh, there no. are, there are some cool, like, uh, I guess car combat style pickups you can get. Like you can get missiles that, you know, help you like knock guys off the track or these little things that if you get close to them, it'll, it'll take uh, uh, one of your opponents and kind of just fling them away. But mm -hmm. the computer always responds itself in a very good spot. So like you're never really getting rid of anybody for good. You're just yeah. kind of knocking them away. But you, if you get wiped out, like when it resets <laughs> you, it'll reset you in the wrong direction. <laughs> or it'll, or if you go off a map, you might land somewhere you can't get out of. Like if you go off a ravine, it'll just let you sit in the creek, and it's like, oh, you just, you just, you're just done. Uh, one of the cool things that it did have though, there is a pickup where it turns you into like a like a a jet, and you can come up off the ground, and it makes you go really fast. And if you can control that, you can make up some ground and get back in the lead. So there's, I don't know, there's like seven or eight tracks, all of them just abysmally awful, mm -hmm. just headaches, pains, and pains in the in the ass. Uh, but a couple of them, your, your life can be saved if you, if you really, you know, you have to practice it and get get used to where those pickups are, get to the end. And I was so happy to finally see the credits on that game, only to find out that if I played the elite difficulty, I could unlock a secret track. And I'm like, who, who did that? Who, who hated <laughs> themselves enough? Who only owned that game and was like, it's the only video game I have. Let me get the most out of it. Let's jump back in. Let's try to unlock those last levels. Blink, it was painful, my guy. I, I don't know. I don't know how you stuck with it. I don't know why anybody would stick with it. I don't know why I stuck with it. I certainly had a phase in the past, and this, maybe this is still true today, uh, where even if a game was bad, I definitely would play through a game I was actively not enjoying just because I was like, I, I need to win. I need to mm -hmm. I need to come out on top in this, you know, social interaction. So I don't begrudge you for, for pushing through it. And I'm very validated at my one out of five star. I'll be honest. I had completely blanked that out of my mind. I don't know if that's as a defense mechanism for myself or what, but whatever strong emotional reaction I had in that game, I I knew remembered none of it. And so you're just kind of I I'm validated. I'm I'm feeling good that it was as bad as I said. It's a real bad one hour, so you're probably not <laughs> going to remember it, right? right? It's it's like getting stuck in traffic, you know? It's like, that's happened before, and I don't remember any specific time. It's kind of like that. 
Uh, one interesting other thing I want to mention about this game, I've never seen any other game, is that for every race, every time you progress in the game, the password gets longer. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't like, you know, it, you feel like it could just get a, you know, you're just on a different track. It's not like <laughs> you're adding anything. You don't take anything with you. You didn't build up anything. But the password starts with like eight characters or like inputs. It gets to like 20 at the end. <laughs> I kept writing them down. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I hate this. <laughs> I wish I'd lose this piece of paper. I wonder why. I wonder why. I don't know. It's a lot of design decisions. Also, made by Rockstar. Ooh. Or published by Rockstar, I okay. should point out. Which is <laughs> interesting. Yeah. It's strange that they don't, you know, look back on that fondly in their publishing catalog and try to right. gem Let's get that remaster. It. Yeah. Get, get that nostalgia for that Monster Truck Madness 64 going. All right, we well, you know, I beat a couple more games. One of them, we just hit the 10-year, well, it's actually not the 10-year anniversary, but it's it's the 10th year since Rezogun came out. So Rezogun, a game that a lot of people played right at the launch of the PlayStation 4 uh, very, very early on. It was, a, it was a good demonstration. You know, we talked about Fantavision earlier. It was a good demonstration for the PS4 because it's... Uh, it's uh, got like this very voxely kind of aesthetic and could show off like, look at how much stuff can be on the screen on the PS4. Look at how many cubes can be flying around every which way. Oh, yeah. uh, so this is an early Housemark game. And in reality, it plays uh, kind of like Defender. You know, it's it's a circle, like it's a cylindrical map and it's a twin stick shooter. You control a ship. And you're just basically trying to kill all the enemies as they come at you in waves. And then every so often, uh, certain enemies will show up that are called keepers. They're glowing a different color. And if you kill all those enemies before they uh, enter and then exit the map again, you will free one human from like a cage that's in this cylindrical map. And if you deliver, if you go grab that human, you'll carry them under your ship. And if you bring them to one of these uh, like portals then you will get some bonus points or in some instances you'll get like an extra bomb or an extra life. And so it's hmm. a, it's just a score chase game. Uh, it's it's five different stages overall. And it's just you trying to kind of keep up your multiplier by defeating enemies constantly, avoid getting hit and, and build up your points. But it's so dang satisfying. What I love about it is it's it's that perfect type of like arcadey gameplay where... It, when you're first playing through, it's just impossible to survive. Like just, mm -hmm. just beating all five of the stages, you are so dang proud of yourself. But then once you start to get a feel for the different levels, for the enemy spawns, especially for the bosses that happen at the end of each level, because every level has these like big, very dramatic, very cool looking boss fights. Um, then it becomes, okay, I can survive this. Now it's about like consistently chaining enemies to build up my score into like the millions and then hundreds of millions. And I fell down like a little bit of a rabbit hole in this game for a week or so. I was every night. I was like, "Man, I just, just got to go in there. Got to grind some more Resogun scores. Got to see if I can beat that on the hardest difficulty. You know, Heck can yeah. I get through it on veteran, etc." Um, I never actually played it much myself, other than at friends' houses when they. I remember my buddy bought a PS4, and he had this game like right out the gate. It was one of the first PlayStation Plus games, and so I went over and I played it at his house. But I didn't get a PS4 until years later. And by then, you know, Resogun was kind of old news. So when I saw that this was in the PlayStation Plus, like, backwards catalog, I was like, you know what? 
popping some Resogun, and I was very happy that I did. It was it was an enjoyable week. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that's very cool. I've heard this game mentioned tons of times. Never looked into it, but sounding sounding pretty neat. Yeah, very very is, fun one. Is it got a physical? No, no, it never did. And oh, okay. I'm surprised. You know, I I would not be surprised if at some point Limited Run released a version of this because you know now housemark's kind of a bigger studio they'd done like returnal was pretty successful for them and i feel like they would maybe try to chase that down i i think it would sell pretty well because there's a lot of people that have a, a real fondness for resogun as you tend to have a fondness for any of those like kind of early launch window games on your brand new shiny console so hmm. interesting uh, okay yeah super good and then the last game i played through uh i was actually this is a rebeat. We'll see if I count it as one of my three rebeats for the challenge. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want those rebeats to be like games I'm real nostalgic for. And this isn't one that I had like a ton of nostalgia for, but it's just a fun game and it's quick to go through. Uh, I replayed The Swapper. Uh, okay. On, on my Vita. Yeah, that's one of the few Vita games I have. I'm looking forward to that one day. Oh, okay. Well, you'll enjoy it for sure. Then, uh, if if anyone's never played it before, Swapper is a puzzle platformer. And the setup is very, very early on. You get a like clone generating swapper gun. And so you can, with the L button on the Vita, uh, you can generate a clone of yourself. And you can place the clone kind of anywhere on the map with some limitations uh, that you can line of sight see. And then the R button swaps your location with the location of the clone that you just spawned. And then there are some added complications too, like you and your clones both die from uh, falls from a certain height, and it's a pretty strict window. You really can't fall very far. Uh, not not like original Prince of Persia strict, but it's it's pretty strict. Yeah. And then also the, they start introducing some things like some colored lights, and you can't yeah, in certain colored lights you can't place clones, and in other colored lights you can't shoot your swapper gun through it. So. It just becomes, you know, very puzzle platformy about like, you know, what order of operations do I do things in? Where do I put my clones? How do I how do I navigate the levels? And then all that is sort of couched in this like very interesting, uh, sort of like uh, creepy adjacent, not scary at all, but just like <laughs> haunting uh, exploration and look through this like abandoned space station that you're going through, where you know clearly most people are gone at this point, and there's this weird like group of alien rocks that are telepathically communicating with you. It's a very strange game, but it's very good Seems and to... gets very difficult. Oh, it does get super hard. Ah, boo. Okay, well. Yeah, it Most of it's not bad, but the last handful of rooms, uh, it's it's a head scratch. At least for me, it is. Maybe it's just that my particular uh, brain isn't great at these certain types of puzzles, but I, I tend to get pretty stuck in the last uh, five to ten rooms. But even still, if you struggle through it, it's still like a five-hour game. It's very doable. All right. Uh, the Swapper. Right. Well, I have to swap that into my uh, my Vita sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Road Rash 64. This is uh, another 1999 experience. And man, does she deliver. Oh, but mm. nothing beats... I mean, nothing beats a Road Rash experience for me. I got a lot of affinity and nostalgia for the first three on the um, on the Genesis. I don't know that I ever owned one of those, but I rented them a ton. Yeah. And the 64 version is that same experience, but uh, obviously with a N64 racing coat of paint, which is a great coat of paint. 
And it is hilarious. Number one, the physics are great. (laughs) Every, every wreck is the best thing you've ever seen. Uh, guys do, I don't know if you've, have you played through this Road Mm -mm. Rest 64? No. Oh, so, so good. Every wreck is hilarious. The sounds they make are just the absolute best. Guys just, the, there's like, this, these Wilhelm type screams, <laughs> uh, the, the schmacks and the, the crashes are great. It's, uh, good about setting you back on track. Like, uh, I think in the older ones, whenever you crash your, your bike, it, you could look at yourself in like the rear view to run back to get on your bike, right? And the rubber banding was good enough that you could always kind of get back in the race no matter how far into a field you were launched. This is kind of the same way, except you don't have to run back to your bike, but it, it always, put you back in a good favorable spot and it's great in that every single race it's kind of reminds me of blitz it has that arcadey thing where it's like no matter what happens in the game no matter how bad you are on the track it's always a photo finish you'll always get back in it in time to have a chance at the end and so it's super fun in that way because it it is silly and very forgiving at the same time it has a brutal aesthetic you're constantly being completely destroyed by cars other bikers getting busted by the cops but in the very end there's always a chance you always got a chance i had a ton of fun with it uh, it's only i think um like three maybe four levels of uh, a few races each you just earn money buy a new bike as soon as you upgrade your bike you're you're shot to the next level you play eight more races and man i had a, i just had a ton of fun had a ton of fun this is one that i'll certainly revisit it's one of those that you know, if someone comes over and it's like, hey, man, uh, what's something on the N64 you'd recommend playing or what do you want to play? You're like, dude, we got to throw in some Road Rash because we're going to have we're going to laugh a ton. We're going to have some success. And there's great music. It's got a pretty decent soundtrack from 1999. In fact, I was just I didn't realize this. I was just reading about it on the Wikipedia page. But the game featured licensed music from bands such as and just feel the 99 here. Hmm. Sugar Ray, <laughs> uh, CIV or Civ, which I'm, I'm not familiar with that band yeah. and the Mermen. And another band called Full Full on the Mouth, but it says Sugar Ray contributed two songs, one of which was Mean Machine from their debut album Lemonade and Brownies. Mm. So you get a you get a lot of really cool just late nineties <laughs> music, and, and there's not a lot of licensed music, if I'm remembering correctly, on the N64 library yeah. at all. No, so this I was, was surprised to hear cool. that it was licensed music. I assumed it was you were just gonna say it was like a good electronic kind of soundtrack yeah. or something. Yeah, so pretty interesting stuff. I I recommend that that version of Road Rash. I've not played the PS1 Road Rash. I assume it's probably similar, um, but I think this is a unique experience. And 64 one is is on its own. Nice man. Was this was this a, a palate cleanser after Monster Truck Madness, or did you oh, yeah. sour the taste of Road Rash with Monster no. Truck? I, I I jumped into Monster Truck almost immediately after we podcasted because my curiosity was just bumping. <laughs> uh, and that you're right, that did turn me sour. But that road rash, I mean, it just it just mm. fixed everything wrong in the world, man. It's a beautiful, so thing. good, beautiful thing. Great run through the Nintendo 64 for you this time around. Yeah, you know the 99. You know I'm in there uh, with that. No, I do have some Dreamcast and some PS1 99 games, but I'm finding most of those are just longer, longer experiences, a yep. bit more intense. Uh, but there are a few that I'm I'm thinking maybe to to round out the rest of February that I'll I'll jump into and put some put some time into. So right now we just had some some light in sixty four ness for ninety nine. You like to see it? You love to see it? In fact, I I love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I guess that wraps up the credits then, huh? I we think we did pretty dang good this time. Ninety nine, not bad. Strong. 
Boy, 1999 has been great. Uh, but let's see what everybody else has been up to. Let's get to them goddamn beat tweets. Oh, yeah. Because let me tell you, folks, let me tell you, let me tell you what goes on here at Polyco. Maybe this is your first time. And if it is, hey, how's it going? We, we, we like to celebrate beating games, right? So if you beat a game, you can have it read out here on the show. We'll, we'll shout your dubs. Mm-hmm. We'll celebrate your W out here. So you gotta, you know, take a screenshot. Uh, Twitter's the main way to do this. Take a screenshot, hashtag it, just beat it. Uh, make sure you at polykill. That's our, that's our handle there on Twitter. That way we find it. Make sure it's for us and, uh, write a good review. And if you do that a whole, whole bunch, you get to become what we like to call a polykiller, which is just a stud or a stud, a stud S, uh, <laughs> here. And, uh, or if you just write a good beat tweet, you know, we'll, we'll just pull that some bitch. We'll read it right here. We'll, we'll tell everybody what you said. We'll shout it out. So Blink, uh, you're the one that, that assembles the list. Uh, I'm seeing, boy, I'm seeing a ton of names here. Uh, up at the top, which tells me we had a really toit competition for Polykiller. What's the scoop? Yeah, so we're on a little bit of a different timetable than we normally are. I mean, we don't really advertise any timetable, so you never really know what it is. Yeah, that's uh, right. But we're recording early, and you know, we had to pull the B tweets at a certain point. So this is coming at you from earlier in the week than you would normally expect. However, that didn't mean that there was not a fierce competition. We had a three-way tie. For runner-up in these dang beat tweets, uh, everyone coming in five games strong. Uh, mm. Starting out with our boy, friend of the show, you know him, you love him, Scooch and Hoobles, who beat Power Wash Simulator, Biohazard Battle, Forgotten Worlds, Fire Shark, and The Last of Us Part Two. My, you know, our boy Scooch going through some Genesis shoot 'em ups there. You love to see. Oh yeah, good job there, man. Uh, so Scooch just pounding. Then we got. Top spot one, two, three. And you can always tell when Top Spot had a little bit of time off work. And you love to see it. The man works too hard. Uh, working hard <laughs> on that YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. If your game room looks like ass, he can make it look better. Uh, top spot one, two, three. You know, he's another runner up here. He's got uh, Kirby's Dreamland, Blaster Master. Gotta love to see it. Metroid 2, one of my favorites. And I think one that people don't love enough. Castlevania and Sonic Triple Trouble, 16 bit. I tell you what, my guy. Hitting up some solid retro experiences, you know he didn't he didn't do the old jank loving two week binge in the trash can like we do. This guy went for some top shelf quality. Yeah, he he knows what he's doing. He's delivering to you only bangers. He he only mm. knows bangers. It's the only way he knows how to be. Yeah, yeah. That's why they call him Top Spot. They don't call him Trash Spot. <laughs> uh, you know who else is not a trash spot? Good friend of the show, the Elite MYT, who came in with some some games that are just a whole awful lot of words here. So we got <laughs> Trek to Yomi, Seraph's Last Stand, Grim Guardian's Demon Purge, Ninja Jajimaru, The Great Yokai Battle, and Void Scrappers. I challenge you to figure out where one game title ends and the next mm-hmm. one starts out of that list. I was going to say maybe next time you when you read a list of games, I will insert the commas by saying comma. <laughs> that's, comma. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but we got a we got a poly killer here. This is a this is a recent addition to to our Discord, uh, and a great a great human being all around. We got I'm going to say Potamax. Potamax. He, he even dropped a video saying how we should say it, and uh, I've forgotten. Yeah. Um. But I think um I think I'm right with uh, by saying them both. Uh, Potomac, Potomac, finished Lost in Translation, Islands, Tori 3D, Tori 2, The Flames, and Secure. 
And I'm going to say just just a, a group of games with some really tight titles, easy to read here. You know, yeah. extra points for that. Make it easy on me. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, Potamax Potamax was doing some <laughs> doing some block pushing uh, this time around. A lot of block pushing games in this list. Absolutely, man. Well, good job out there. Way to be Polly Killer Potomax Potamax Potomax. Potomax. We appreciate you. Now let's hop into them beat tweets. We got some. Oh, I love hearing from my guy Frankie. And he'll go mm-hmm. dormant for a few weeks and then just come out and be like, boom, boom. Quote unquote, blows dust off the keyboard here. Uh, Gotham Knights. Games like this are why it takes me so long to beat games. Good story. Too much side shit. Fantastic soundtrack. Shitty boss fights. You know, a roller coaster there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says, overall, it's just all right. But hey, first credits of 2023, Frankie delivering the goods here you know what it's never too late for your first credits of 2023 good job yeah it's a beautiful thing hopefully not your last uh, i know frankie there's more to come more to come. uh next up we have our friend matt quo at matt quo twitch who says uh paul hey polykill just be castlevania circle of the moon on game boy advance great game i wish the loot system was a little different personally but i still had a blast playing through it the highlights being the great boss fights with amazing sprites well worth playing four out of five that's a good one and you know if you're four out of five in circle of the moon i tend to think that they only get better on the game boy advance so you know it, the situation's only going to improve that's good to know circle of the moon's the only one i've played on the old gba and it is a favorite of mine so that is good news for for myself matt kuo and folks like us mm-hmm. up next swizz at swizz ssb uh super tux is a true classic. Who needs Super Mario World, Sonic 2, Donkey Kong Country, Celeste, or Shovel Knight when you have Super Tux? 5 out of 10. Amazing. That has some real 3 out of 5 stars time of my life energy there, Blink. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. To take down uh, almost all of the established genre greats with one swoop of the 5 <laughs> out of 10. That's I got, I got to respect it. That's just good stuff. Oh, man. I've never heard of Super Tugs, but, uh, man, I've never been more interested in it now. Yeah. I mean, from the screenshot, it's got little, like, hand-drawn birds that look like a seven-year-old drew them, so it's quite It looks like shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know who doesn't look like shit? Brian Saladay? That is correct. I have confirmed that it is Saladay. Saladay. You know, it's just at Saladay. It's a powerful, just a single word uh, at on Twitter there. Brian good. Salad Day comes at us with a telling lies beat. Says, telling lies, telling sweet little lies. Sweet little lies. More stellar performances from a Sam Barlow-directed work. Interesting story on the consequences of lies. UI is a bit clunky, but I continue to enjoy the ideas and ambition behind these type of games. Yeah, I, all the Sam Barlow games are, are a good time. For folks that are not familiar, Sam Barlow games are like... Uh, Inception, her story. Not mm-hmm. Inception. Um, what song that just came out? That's not Inception. Inscription? Ins- oh, it is. No, you you know the one. You know the one. It's what, it came what out recently. What, I what do know it? what you're talking about, but I have only played her story, and I enjoyed that. So I do get it. I like the uh, sort of the FMV investigative puzzle. It's really fun. Immortality. There you Immortality. go. Immortality. Yeah, Come on. there it is. It's early in the morning. You gotta cut me some slack. Come on. It's, well, it's almost noon. Alright, <laughs> up next we got Weedo. Good old pal Weedo. Uh, Lester by Knife Grinder 64 that's a, that's a Twitter handle there. Uh, on my Mio Mini. Is that how you say that? Mio Mini? 
I say Miu. Miu Mini. All right. That's a man. He's always breaking out the hardware I've never seen before. Anyway, he says uh, he, he played this game. Uh, it was Miu Mini. Wonderful little Commodore 64 gated exploration game. Beautiful colors and great music. The question mark behind the end makes me think I forgot something. We'll bring it to the next at New Game Old Flame podcast. There you go. Wow. Always, you know what? You know what I'm finding? Remember, remember back in the day when we first encountered Weedo? A lot of nice beat tweets with pictures of his gorgeous television that yep. you know had that interesting look in the plants. And lately, a lot more handheld stuff. We're getting a lot of look at Weedo's hand. This guy, massive paws. We're talking yeah. beefy mitts. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that Miu Mini is like, it's barely the size of one knuckle, all right? Crazy. Man. Maybe he photoshops it to be smaller because he's got a <laughs> complex with his hands. <laughs> Perhaps. Very mm. good. Very good beat. I've always always interesting stuff coming from Weedo. Love to see it. Heck yeah. Next up, we got Top Spot. Uh, top Spot one two three. Hey Top it says just beat Kirby's Dreamland on Game Boy. It's a gateway to portable gaming's past. Mattered little that you could just beat it in under an hour. It's simply fun and therefore replayable. But I'm very glad that the sequels ahem expanded uh, play. he uh top spot kind of happens to him sometimes you know they dropped all them game boy games on switch online since we last talked and he just went in and said yeah, i'm just gonna gobble each and every single one of these up right now and he just just destroyed whole big juicy run on those my man's a gobbler you know uh, my yeah. cat he's a he has a diagnosed eating I don't call it disorder, but like an eating habit called a gobbler, where like he eats all the food in front of him, and that's just 100% top spot. If you, if you, <laughs> if you put the tray down, the guy's going to gobble it up. So true. Up next, we got A.G. Rowe. Super Stardust Portable. Platinum number 45. Shout out. Shout out to all the platinums, all the plats. This was so much fun. I vividly remember impatiently waiting in my first apartment for Super Stardust HD to get the patch for some of the first ever trophies on PS3. Fun to dive back into the portable version. Now, do you think this is an example of someone getting a rebeat in there? Oh, definitely, yeah. I was there with this man back in the day. I, I recall this, oh, this yeah? patch. Very cool. Uh, and him playing a lot of Super Stardust. So, yeah, he definitely rebeat it. Very fun game. Super Very Stardust cool. rules. Congrats. No, who else rules, Brother Bodie? Don't don't he? Don't Doesn't he? he? I don't, don't know, I didn't know how to... Don't he do? Don't he do? Do he not? Don't he Is rule? he don't? Is he do? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what he do do, and that's Sonic Advance 2 on the Game Boy Advance, is my first beat on the pocket. That's Analog Pocket for those people. People just right? bragging about their goddamn pockets. I can't even get an email from Analog of whether or not I even ordered yep. mine. I'm pretty sure I did. And I'll keep pulling them. As long as we can rub this handheld in Trav's uh, face, we will keep pulling these tweets. Bodhi says, Beautiful sprites and lots of playable characters. Boss battles were satisfying, but a lot of the stage designs and hazards felt cheap, which made the game frustrating at times. Overall, would recommend. Hey, that's a beautiful looking game on a beautiful looking handheld. Good job, brother buddy. Man, I need to. There's a ton of classic Sonics I missed out on. I just need to get back into. But you know what? This is a future classic coming up here in man and game. Mm-hmm. Scotch and hobbies. Buddy, he's he's wrapping up that Power Wash Simulator. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. He says Power Wash Simulator is a fun and relaxing experience. Sometimes it's nice to just play a game that's just simple with no fail states. Finish career mode, and we'll be coming back for more later. Now, here's the thing, Blink. I want to. I know you you didn't you didn't Power Wash very much, uh, but you heard me and a few others talk about it. This is not a short game. This is this is 
tens of hours. This is maybe 80 <laughs> hours. Uh, I remember in the Discord, old Scotch and Hobbies saying he's going to fire it up, and it wasn't long before he posted them credits. This man power washed, he binge washed straight yeah. through this thing. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed at how quick because I, I fired it up well over a year ago and have piddled from time to time when I got nothing else going on. I just need to fill some time between things. I'll power wash a little bit. I've never seen a man go harder <laughs> on Power Wash Simulator. Hats off, Scotch and Hobbies, where I guess your hobby now is power washing. There you go. That's good stuff. Since we last recorded, I'm actually pretty pumped. They announced a crossover DLC for Final Fantasy VII. You're going to be able to power wash the dirty stuff in freaking Midgar. That, 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 that and, seems like and a Tomb genius Raider. idea. And Tomb Raider. They also got that oh, too. Oh, really? Yeah, it's insane. Honestly flawless idea right the idea of power washing stuff from other games suddenly makes it infinitely more appealing to me i don't know why it's interesting i'm burger champ and i were talking about this earlier apparently power wash simulator made by square or at least published by square i had no idea so that's 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 how they have all these inroads it's just insane very cool uh someone else that's very cool we got mr mullet gaming here who just Mm -hmm. beat super mario world 2 yoshi's island the pinnacle of super nintendo games Challenging but satisfying platforming, unique level design, phenomenal music, and beautiful aesthetics make this one of my favorite games of all time. High praise, and honestly, spot the lie. Not 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 a false word in there. Uh, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island is an objective certified banger. Yeah, a big whiff for me. Still on my to-do list, but... Uh, and it's a divisive one. I mean, there's some people out there who don't care for it, but you know what? I'm sure I'll like it. Yeah. Up next, we got Potomax at Potomac, Potomax, Pitomax, Potomax, Potomax, Dev. Islands is possibly the best block-pushing puzzle game I've ever played. It's not very long, but it took me over a year of trying to beat it on and off before I finally understood the final twist. An absolute Jasper. 10 out of 10 in his book. Now, we got a couple things here I like. One, my guy using Jasper. Yeah, right? we appreciate That's, that. I I just love it. Uh, also, I love I love the admittance of look. I struggled with this. It gave me it gave me fits for a year, but you know what? Still love it because that happens to me a lot. It's not mm-hmm. it's not always Stockholm syndrome. Sometimes you just love something and you just want to just want to get through it. Just want to get to the yep. end. It might push you around a little bit, you know. But you know, in the end, that's that's you building a relationship. Yeah, it's true. Takes time. You got to put mm-hmm. in the effort. Got to put in the effort. I love it. I've not heard of this, but I'm willing to go play it and push some blocks around myself. Uh, all right. Next up here, we got Caleb J. Ross. Says, hey, Polykill, I just beat Finding Paradise fresh after the studio's previous game. That'd be to the moon. The Switch version is pretty janky. Several bugs forced me to revert saves, but I still got to give the game credit. The writing is quite great. A tightrope between melodrama and depth. And I'm glad to hear, well, maybe not glad to hear. It's the wrong word. Uh, I'm never glad to hear that a port didn't do well. But I was originally waiting for this port to play this game uh, because we recently featured it on IndieQuest. Interesting that Kayla would be playing it. And uh, I was going to wait for the Switch version, and then I gave up that dream and eventually played the PC version, and it seems like maybe I made the right call. So, go me. Very cool. All right, good job out there, everybody. IndieQuest, Caleb, 
the game people who made that game everybody's just winning right there yeah. up next we got our pal dean at round two gaming at round underscore two underscore gaming now i gotta do a quick aside here i mentioned earlier i said something about trevor mcfur and said it might come up later but that might come up next episode because yeah, it uh, almost certainly will yeah yeah, I just want to point that out. So, folks, be ready for more Dean and more McFur in a couple of weeks. But right now, Dean is telling us, he says, I can't believe more people aren't talking about Aegis Defenders. Am I saying it right? Aegis, Aegis. Aegis, all right. Uh, it's a, it's, you know what? You'd see, sometimes you just see a game its title a million times, and you realize you've never heard it said <laughs> yeah, until you have to say it in a beat tweet. And you're like, damn, I have, I have no idea. All right. So uh, he says it's a wonderfully charming tower defense game with a healthy dose of puzzle platforming. Sprinkle in some fantastic cameos from other indie greats, and you've got a winning formula. And, oh, man, that speaks right to me. I love every word in this tweet. Yeah, and like you like you were saying, this is a game that, for various reasons, I've seen the name of, or I've seen like on Steam a million times. Like it's just come up a lot, but I've never, I've never stopped and thought I should look into if that's actually a video game to play. It's just yeah. been words to me until now. That's right, and it, sometimes you know these days for me, I get most of my game recommendations either from you directly, uh, read about it in the coming soon, right before we go live. I do a little quick research about those games or a beat tweet, and this yep. is just how it works. So now yep. it's on my it's on my radar. We appreciate it. We also appreciate Matt Waters at Muddy River sixty eight, who says Polykill nineteen ninety nine continues over here with the latest just beat it win back on the N sixty four. This one started out fun, but it went on way too long. They tied. They tried increasing difficulty as the game went on, but it just increased cheap deaths instead. I would not recommend. It's just not good. Oh my gosh! Ooh, that's painful to see. I mean, I was never really looking to play Win Back, but every now and again, you're kind of hoping the game's gonna Jasperify on you. You're gonna. You <laughs> no, just. Right? You're like, maybe I. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong here. But no, nope. turns out sometimes you do gotta trust your gut. Man, it's not the first time I've heard that Win Back is a loser. 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 All right, up next. Oh, man, a name I haven't heard from in a while. This is old The Retro Lectors. Uh, just beat it Sword of Mana, uh, Game Boy Advance. 36 hours played and reached level 55. The game was fairly easy once you grind a bit. Overall, really enjoyed it, minus the constant menu switching for weapon and magic choices. Overall score, 3 out of 5, but I gotta say, Blink, I don't think he had the time of his life. No, but you know what? A 3 out of 5 is still a perfectly fine score. You know what? Yeah. D's, D's get degrees, as they say. That's what they, they do say that. You're right. Next up here, you know, speaking of D's that get degrees, we got Dylan Charles at D. Charles. <laughs> Just beat it. Tunch? Tunchy? Mm. How, how'd you Tun- rock this one? Oh, man. That Tunche? Tunche? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're going for, like a, a riff on Touche? I don't yeah. know. All right. T-U-N-C-H-E, Tunche. By Leap Game Studios is a gorgeous roguelike set in the Amazon populated by monstrous versions of jungle critters. Combat feels very beat-em-up, which isn't my favorite, but I do love a rewarding fight-die-and-repeat cycle, plus I got good at combos. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's intriguing to me because I'm also not uh, a big beat-em-up guy, so if you're saying you aren't a fan of that typically, but this this worked for you, then I'm thinking maybe it would work for me too. Good recommendation. Very good recommendation, as always. And then lastly, but of course not leastly ever, we've got our pal Viar45. Final Fight guy, Super Nintendo. He played the Repro. I'm glad he pointed Reasonable. that out. 
Because yeah. you know what? I own the real one and I'm super proud of it. I don't want everybody <laughs> to be owning it. All right. So this guy had to play the repro because it's a hard to get game and I own one. It says Final Fight Guy is a beat em up filled with cheap enemies where your best shot at success seems to be fighting the enemies off screen. Even on easy difficulty, some of the boss fights are just stupid. I felt edgy today and actually played as Guy. And I don't think there's actually anything different between Final Fight Guy and Final Fight other than you can play as Guy. Mm. So this just tells me that uh, Viar also would probably not feel great about the original Final Fight. I've never thought to ask this question. Who the hell is Guy? Like, why is he a big deal? Well, there's Guy and Cody and Hagar. And in the arcade game... And I could be wrong about this. I'm sure somebody like LHC Greg will correct me. But I'm pretty sure in the original arcade game, you could play as all three. But in the home port, you could originally only play as Cody and Hagar. And then Final Fight Guy was a rental exclusive where you could add Guy in. So it's basically more accurate to the original arcade version? Correct. Okay. All right. All right. I get you. I get you. Okay. Also, I mean, and I already said it, that could be completely bogus. (laughs) It sounded good, so we're right? just going to roll Didn't with it. And that's, you know what? I've been thinking that was the reality, and I'm just going to believe that that is the reality. I don't want to be corrected. So, fingers in my ears. La, 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 <laughs> la. All right. Uh, well, we hey, we went through the beat tweets. Now we're about to open up a, you know, Campbell's hunky, chunky chicken soup full of <laughs> top five goodness. Uh, and, I, you know, I got to give you credit for that. Sometimes, hey, yo, folks, uh, Coming together for this podcast occasionally, you know, we'll open up our sheet, and uh, Blink will sometimes just leave just a, just a little funny thing up here at the top. And today you got me with uh, Campbell's Hunky Chicken Soup, because uh, we're just a couple hunks out here goofing, and I yep. appreciate that. Two Thank hunks you, goofing. Yeah, of course, of course. My pleasure. Top five, top five couples in video games. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you first hear that, you think there's a lot of video games where there's a love interest. There's always a guy trying to save a lady, trying to save a damsel. That seems to be a trope that's very common. But, you know, do you call that romance? Do you call that a couple? Or do you just call that bad writing? And yeah. I think that's something that uh, we had to kind of think about here. Are they good couples or are they just iconic? I think there's a difference. Yes, I agree. Very my much so. list, My list has, I'm going to admit, a bit of both. Uh, and some of it's tied more to the game experience than the actual couples themselves. But I'm interested to see where this goes. Do you have any caveats? Do you have anything you want to say before we jump in here? Uh, no, other than, you know, it's kind of damning that when you start really looking at the various relationships in games, you you realize that they don't really do that very well. Like, no. that's an area in terms of, like, writing that we could maybe bolster up a bit and improve on. It's a lot of one-sided relationships or a lot of very shallow relationships or a lot of couples that doesn't really feel like there was enough like build up or emotional investment to lead to them being a couple. It's very it was harder to put this list together than we think. Uh, but I'm 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 confident in my selections for a myriad of reasons. That's right. Okay. Well, now we're just, you know, speaking of couples, we're just a, we're just a couple guys here. One of us has to go first. Who's it going to be? Do you want to do you want to take the leap? I got you. I got you on this one. Coming in hot with my number five and my crowd pleaser answer. All right. Ever there. We need to just calm the folks down. Sure. Slash. We need to maybe start some arguments based on how and who people decide to ship in this game. But I did put in our cloud and Aerith specifically from the remake of Final Fantasy seven. I think that mm. of the two games. The relationship buildup between them in the original Final Fantasy VII 
despite being a longer game, is a little more shallow and doesn't really deliver quite as well. I don't know if that's a, the translation or just because there's other stuff going on in the story or what, but I think with their personalities in the remake of Final Fantasy VII, they do a good job basically like retconning or like making you understand what they were going for initially. Um, and so this is kind of spicy because they're not really exactly a couple per se. And a lot of people would, you know, put Cloud with that Tifa. But I'm going to give it to Cloud and Aerith because I think that uh, Aerith's writing in the remake is quite good. And uh, again, it's a crowd pleaser answer. If we did not mention uh, Cloud in some fashion, I'm pretty sure that we'd get some unsubscribes. <laughs> ah, interesting. Do you think, now I'm curious uh, because I, now and I haven't played Final Fantasy VII. Uh, at least not every iteration and to the end. Uh, are there other other opinions that people would have in terms of like who a love interest? Uh, you know, what what are some what are some opinions people could have that could go against what you just said? I guess is where I'm, what I'm getting at. What what could potentially start a fight? You mentioned uh, that a lot of people I think would put Cloud with Tifa, but their their childhood friends, you know. They've had they've had their whole lives to to get together. It's not working out. It's like, yeah, I get it. There's some sexual tension there, but there's sexual tension between all these. Sexual tension between Cloud and Barrett. All right, we don't need to. Sexual tension is not the beginning and end of a relationship here. So, sure, uh, I don't begrudge sure. you for shipping those two, but uh, you know, what? I'm 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 leaning towards what I think the developers lean towards here. We're putting putting Aerith up on the winner's podium. All right, now. My number five, also, I'm going to say a crowd pleaser in a way, and just that I feel like I have to mention it. It's very present. The couple itself is very present in every iteration of the game, and that's Link and Zelda. Yeah. Right? Now, they have a complicated relationship in that in the early games, it's just, you just go fetch her. Right? (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, in Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild, she's much more of a character, Uh, even in in, uh, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, Ocarina of Time. I always say it different just to just to make people upset. Um, and I feel like that they've done a bit better job each and every time adding a little bit of a layer to her character and also the relationship between the two characters to the point that in Breath of the Wild, I think at the very end of it, uh, we, it leaves a lot of folks anticipating that Breath of the Wild 2, will this relationship take the next step? You mm-hmm. know, a lot of mystique around these two. And I think that that, uh, that has made me very interested in their actual relationship, because for a long time, Zelda has never been about Zelda to me. It's just been about puzzles and combat and solving stuff. And uh, now I think it's really finally become about her and, by proxy, his relationship with her. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, they're improving on it over time. We'll see. We'll see if in the new one when it comes out, if if that is front and center in any meaningful way. But let's see. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So hear that crowd. You've been pleased. You've been yeah. pleased. Now now we're starting to get into some slightly less well-known, but also my list gets weirder the more we go, I think. But <laughs> this one's not too weird. Number four, got that Nathan Drake and Elena from Uncharted. Now, this is an interesting one because they actually start out their terrible relationship. Quite awful. Mm. Um you, in certain contexts, you'd call almost call it abusive. Like they just really don't consider each other. Really, it's just Nathan Drake does not consider Elena and is a very selfish person. Yes. But over the course of the games, 
Uh, I think that they build their relationship up a little bit more. You know, they have a very cute, very touching scene at the end of Uncharted 2. There's the start of Uncharted 4, which is, you know, just mm-hmm. it's literally just them being an adorable couple and playing Crash Bandicoot together for a while. So I think that they come around on it and basically, I mean, essentially the entire arc of Uncharted 4 is just like, what if Nathan Drake was better at being a partner and stopped being himself uh, and all the worst parts of his personality? And so I think that the games end up delivering on that well, well enough, well enough for them to be a cute enough couple to call them my number four. All right. Yeah. Very good choice. And one that might come up again later. Ayo. We'll see. Not that I, I don't think I could say anything different than what you just said, but you know what? I'll save where it is in my list at least. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> uh, my number four, and I think you're going to appreciate me for this. Now, this again, this isn't this isn't a, a deep story at all, but I do love this couple uh, mainly because of their theme, which is Meat Boy and Bandage Girl. I think that oh, they're just yeah. mm-hmm. so cute together, and really, can they live without each other? We got an exposed hunk of bleeding meat, and what is she? A bandage. You know, she's yeah. there for him. She, without him, he's more and more nothing. Uh, so she, she's she's there, and like any other damsel in distress trope uh he's got to he's got to save her and then she in the very end becomes the one who actually disposes of the villain himself with yep. a few awesome stomps so i enjoy them again not because of the story itself really but i just think they're just two peas in a pod and one of the few video game couples that actually has a child in the game that's true i mean you don't you don't watch it to be clear like yeah. you don't see it happen but a baby a baby turns up Super Meat Boy, you wouldn't you would necessarily know if you would see it or not. So it's good good that they don't. That is fair. Yeah. All right. We're rounding into number three. We're getting into headcanon territory. Or like okay. writings on the wall. All right. My number three is your mom from Pokemon and Professor Oak. All right. Mm, interesting. There, there okay. has got to be something there. All right. No mom is this desperate to kick her 10-year-old out of her house on some long, extravagant vacation if she's not jonesing for a little bit of professor next door, okay? And no professor is going to give away one of his rare starter Pokemon. In the in the original games, there is literally one of each of these Pokemon known in existence, functionally priceless objects. And he's willing to just quickly hand you one of those and shuffle you out the door and send you off into the woods? No. The only way that that makes any sense is if they're looking to get a little bit of alone time. Mm. All right. They're they're looking to see what they can get up to when the kid's not around. All right. And and I'm 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 seeing what they're doing and uh, you know what? Honestly, kind of respect it. Great choice. I was you know what? I don't I don't play enough Pokémon to get to get some of those those layers. I'm glad Pokémon made it to the list. Yeah. Ah. Very good job. Look at you go. My number three is going to be kind of a sneaky one. I think this is one that a lot of people don't think about, but I think it's a it's a wonderful, deep, albeit sad, story. And that's between Dom and his wife Maria in Gears of War 2. Right? Mm. So Dom is uh is one of the the main gears. He's he's our boy, uh Marcus Phoenix's bro. They're buds. And uh, at some point, you know, there's a bunch of wars going on on this planet. Warring all the time. Everybody's mad. And we got stuff coming up out of the ground that ain't great. We got to kill it. So uh, yeah. what happens is uh, Dom's, Dom's kids fall fall victim to this. They don't make it. So it's it's him and his wife. And his wife not doing well in this. And she she's kind of losing her mind a little bit. He cares a lot about her. But she goes out for a walk one day. And she doesn't come back. And he spends his time as a, as a, uh, a soldier everywhere they go on this planet 
looking for her. Where did she go? He has a picture. He's always talking about where'd she go. And boy, it, it I don't want to spoil much here, but it ends in a very gut-wrenching way. But you just feel you feel how much they really care for each other when you get to the end of that story. And I think I think Gears gets a lot of flack for being just muscles and guns. Yeah. But there's some stuff there that'll that'll wrench your gut. And that that Dom and Maria story is just one of them. Oh, I think I don't know. I, it's it's more of I guess a tragedy than a loving heartfelt romance story. But you you get a sense that these two folks. Man, they really had something going on, and just a tragedy broke it all apart. Mm. Tragedy doesn't work if you don't believe the relationship in question. So and that's a good it's point. Sort of, by necessity, has to be one that worked pretty well. So you know what? Not not a bad pick. I don't know if I even would have remembered a single thing about Gears of War two, but as you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, thanks for you know dredging up those memories. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Thought I was gonna just never have to think about that again. My <laughs> bad. Well, my number two. Man, power couple for sure. You got Kiryu and Majima from Yakuza. All right. Now, I said earlier when I was talking about sexual tension, that that's not everything, but sometimes sexual tension goes a long way, buddy. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen someone more hard up for someone else than Majima being hard up for Kiryu. I mean, it is, it is the most sexual infatuation i've ever seen really uh, but on top of that they're just a they're just a couple of dang cuties they've got kind of that like lover <laughs> rival thing going on all yeah. right they never explicitly you know proclaim their love to one another sure yeah they're mostly rivals they're mostly beating each other up they're mostly chasing each other around hiding in sewer grates and under big oversized traffic cones but you know real real gamers know sure that there's something special there all right and no, there's no more appropriate ship in this gosh dang world than Kiryu and Majima. Wow, man, you just you're bringing the fire today, and I, goddamn, I couldn't respect it more. Good job. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping I'm coming out of left field here and surprising people with one, at least maybe one that didn't come to mind for them immediately. But if you've ever played Life is Strange before the storm, I think there's a there's a cute little love story between Chloe Price and Rachel Amber that mm. is just. Just everything, because it's a, it's a game full of you know you're overcoming a lot of stuff and uh, the as the way the deck nine and whatever other company it is that throws those games together on a sometime alternative basis, they do a really good job of making you relate to people who you may not know that you can relate to, in a way, because uh, I you know I find myself in a in this great love story with this young woman who is interested in this other young woman and I am just gripped. To all ends with this, mm-hmm. and it's very memorable. And it's uh, that series is what it is to me is because of the writing. I got to throw those two out. I think that that is just a solid couple and a solid game to boot. If you haven't played The Life of Stranges, get in there and strange it up. Get weird. Yeah, I've n- I've never before the stormed, but you know I have Life is Stranged one, and they do a good job with you know. Sometimes you can think that the writing's a little bit cringy, but like they're writing teenagers in a very effective way so yeah uh it, it it lines up with i think kind of what the circumstances of the game are and i've heard that that one is pretty good i've, I've not experienced it firsthand but i've heard good things so well, good pack pick. some good pick. pack some tissues and get a controller all right number one time are we at, are we at number one we're there bud all right my number one one of the few relationships i think actually is rel- relatively well written i think Pretty well written, actually, because everything in this game is well written. And it's from Hades, 
Oh, not what I thought it was going. No, I'll be curious to know what your guess was. But the relationship is that between Zagreus, Meg, and Thanatos. So we've got a three-way relationship here. And they do a couple really good things. One, they handle the relationship between Zagreus and each of these two people individually quite well. Uh, the relationship between Zagreus and Meg is kind of like a past romance that is in sort of that like tumultuous, like it's ended, but there's still obviously feelings there. Things have not fully been worked through. We haven't processed feelings. We kind of had a, had a breakup without much of an understanding and there's sort of a reigniting and a rekindling there. I think the relationship between uh, Zag and Thanatos is very good, does a good job of uh, exploring different parts of both of their personalities as well. But then also, on top of that, the game, I think, handles very respectfully them having a poly relationship between the three of them. So it's a very modern and a very well-written, actually well-written relationship. So uh, even though we've had a couple joke answers leading up to this one, I think this is a pretty clear front runner and favorite for me. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, where I thought you might, and you know, maybe not your number one, but I thought on this list for sure, I, and I thought I would put money on it, it ending up here. I thought we would certainly see your two lovers from Eco show up in here. Yorda, where's she at? It seems like that's what we should be doing, but I don't, uh, I don't see them as, as having a lover's relationship personally. He's, he's like, He's like 11 and yeah. she's like 14 and it's, you know what, they're there, they're, they have a, a relationship and certainly a kinship, but I would not call it, uh, I would not call them a couple. Okay. All right. Well, you, you are the expert there, but, uh, I, it came to my mind that that might end up on your list. Well, I've already kind of given away my number one because you mentioned it earlier, but that is Nathan and Elena. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is, it is a relationship that you see blossom over the course of uh, the series, which I think is pretty neat. So yeah. uh, it goes from this is probably not going to be a relationship. Well, actually, I guess you probably suspect that it's kind of telegraphed, yeah. but you get yeah. to see it go from bickering and one-sidedness and to, to someone or two people maturing into a nice couple that ends in a, in a very, very nice and pleasant way. So uh, I do enjoy that. Yeah, handled handled pretty dang well, and uh, you know, fun video games to boot. So, that's oh yeah, helps. to boot for sure. All right, well, gosh dang, we made some love here today, and you love to see it. You know, we should have put for a true number one for both of us, the two of us, the greatest mm. couple in podcasting. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's next year around Valentine's Day we'll do best couples in podcasting, and it's just me and you all the way down. Yep. <laughs> At number three, I also have us. Us again. Us again. <laughs> ah, good stuff. Uh, well, I think we banged it out, man. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, more couples in video games. You're right. I think uh, it's not been well written, but it's modern games are getting a little bit better at that. So let's see where it goes. Heck yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Any, any closing thoughts or final words? I don't think so for me, man. Uh, you know, we'll see how the next few weeks go. Good luck with uh, to you and Leah over there. And, thank, uh, thank you. What's what's the streaming schedule like? You banging out anything? You got any more ninety nine stuff just on deck for us? Oh yeah, it's ninety nine all the time. Well, not all the time, but most of the time. Mm. Siphon filter came out in ninety nine. Did you know that that the original oh. siphon filter came out in nineteen ninety nine? I don't know that I did know that. Yeah, so we're gonna I'm I'm gonna go do the original siphon filter, a game that I uh, had a friend who was real into, but I never really played much of it myself. So. I'm excited because it's kind of one of those games I never thought I would play. And there's literally, mm. it's either going to be now or I'm never going to play it. So uh, I'm going to check that one out. 
Very cool, man. Well, that's that's exciting. I don't know what I'm going to get into. I'll get into something. But right now, I got to go in there and hang out with Burger Champ. We're going to go uh, probably get a hamburger somewhere because that's uh, mm. that's just our style. Sounds but good. until next time, folks, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games. You can follow the show at Polykill. You can find Blink over there. He's at Blinkoom O O M on the end of that. And you can catch him over on Twitch at Twitch.tv forward slash Blinkoom as well. And gosh dang, until next time, peace.